it is Tuesday, October 2nd, 2018. The month of September flew by. See ya. Gone. I love a good sound effect noise. That guy that does all the sound effects, I don't think he's appreciated enough in Hollywood. Michael Winslow? That guy that can make all the sounds, he Uh does all of them. That guy is not appreciated enough. But hello, October. Hello, Halloween month. Hello, balls deep in the NFL season. So excited to chit-chat about the Sunday and Monday. This weekend's games were incredible. Absolutely loved everything I seen. We had a player flipping off his own team. That is magical. (laughs) We had a, oh, mighty situation last night on Monday Night Football. Patrick Mahomes, this dude might be, he might be. He might be the next one. He's uh he's Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers mixed together. With a bigger body who's like Roethlisberger like almost. You put Roethlisberger with Aaron Rodgers and and Brett Favre together and a Muppet. That's what and his voice is <laughs> and his voice is tough. But then you have his dad, what? I didn't know he was in the majors for like 10 years or something like that as a pitcher until last night. He, you got a dad, you got the lineal there, the generational mm-hmm. strength and also having a father who's a professional athlete teaches you a lot of things about how to handle oh, yeah. a lot of situations sure. that a lot of guys can't do. I had no idea what I was getting into whenever I became a professional athlete. No clue what happens whenever you get dumped a few Hundred thousand dollars in your bank account, and then you're supposed to just act like you've been there before. I haven't, <laughs> so I'm gonna go ahead and spend it all. It's a different animal whenever you have a dad who's been a professional athlete and kind of teach you the way about maybe on the road, these types of things. Patrick Mahomes seems like he's the one because he struggled a little bit early last night, and everybody was like, "Well, this Denver Broncos stadium is tough to play in." Blah blah blah. And people forget the reason why Patrick Mahomes possibly has the job that he has, and the reason why Alex Smith was shipped out of uh kansas city by the way kansas city is both in missouri and kansas did you know that yeah i didn't know that yeah. i thought there was one in can in missouri one in kansas they're actually the same oh. city oh that's I, what i thought too. i didn't know i thought what you thought yeah me too what is it right on the border yeah it's right on the border well, that's some bullshit so the right half of the city is in missouri the left half of the city is in kansas hmm. i wonder well, if that had state- to be quite a conversation oh <laughs> <laughs> no no that's our fucking yeah, city just yeah, make yeah. The line go around yeah mr Why kansas mr kansas was like no 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 that's our fucking city mr missouri is like we're here first motherfucker we settled a lot earlier than you did that's our city no 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 you know what? we'll just split it i wonder if the tax are the same on both sides. Though. That's a great question. It can't be, right? Because it's state tax. It's uh, state tax. Yeah, but it, I would assume that they have very similar laws there in that area. Have be- to. Be- have to. Uh, like the casinos. If you go to the east side of the city over there, they got table games. Over here, just slots. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it's like, like old east and west Berlin. Yeah. They have to put a wall up. One legalizes marijuana, one doesn't. That's going to everybody's oh, going to move. It's gonna be tough. <laughs> oh my god! It's just going to become like this is the red side of the city. This is the blue side of the city. Over here on the left, we got no guns. Okay, incredible taxes and free marijuana. On this side, though, low taxes, all the guns you can get, no marijuana. You figure out which side you want to be on. That would be an interesting. I think the football players get taxed too. So, so that's what I was saying. Because yeah. in my head, I was thinking they have to. Where the stadium is? Well, I assume the stadium's... I don't know where Arrowhead is. Now that I think about it, I have no fucking idea. And I don't know where their practice facility is. What if their practice facility is in Kansas... In the stadiums <laughs> in Missouri, where do you live? I don't know where you live. It, that is a uh, last night was Sam and I were watching that game and we I googled it because she was confused too and I was. Mm-hmm. She was like, "You played in Kansas City? Where were you?" Right? She said, "Was that in Kansas or Missouri?" And I was like, "I think it was in Missouri." Yep, your Arrowhead yeah. is in Missouri. Yep. Okay, I feel good about that because I got some um, some barbecue. 
And it was in Missouri, I think, whenever I got the barbecue. But then you're like, well, Kansas City, it's it's in Kansas, too, I feel like. I feel like there was a Kansas around. And then you find out, bang, right on both. It's practice facility, also Missouri. Oh, so okay. it's, so Kansas really lost out on this whole thing. <laughs> should have lost, should have sort of settled a little bit earlier over there in Missouri. But I think Patrick Mahomes, the reason why he is the guy he is, and the reason why he is the Chiefs quarterback now, is because last year, if you do recall, the Chiefs were already in the playoffs. They were playing the Denver Broncos, and they decided to rest Alex Smith. Mm-hmm. So they rest Alex Smith. Go ahead. Hey, you know what? Great work this year. <laughs> Great, incredible work. We're going to save you for the playoffs. We're already in. We don't want you to get hurt here in Denver. Mile high, who knows what's going to happen. Don't need any of that marijuana getting into those lungs before we get into the playoffs while you're (laughs) playing. So they have Patrick Mahomes play that week. One week to prepare, one week to be an NFL quarterback, because I guess the way Andy Reid runs his practices, the backup quarterback doesn't get a lot of reps. I guess it's just a starter. By the way, a lot of people handle operations that way. When Peyton Manning was a quarterback, the backup never got a rep. Not a single one. They were just there to applaud, basically, and say, yeah, good work, good throw. And they even had a practice guy, running me, running the defensive uh-huh. rep. So it was a very interesting thing. Patrick Mahomes wins that game in Denver last year. Alex Smith back in. They lose in the playoffs. Andy Reid sitting there in the offseason. Probably on a beach somewhere. Probably got a donut or two. Maybe a pizza. Maybe some barbecue ribs there from Missouri or Kansas having a good time. Maybe a nice cold beer. I assume it's an IPA. He looks like a guy that might drink IPA. Or it's a hard Budweiser. Maybe a diesel. Andy Reid's sitting there with a diesel. He's drinking it down. He goes, you know what? Fuck it. Let's get rid of the boring-ass Alex Smith. I want Patrick Mahomes, who had one week to beat Denver, did it. And now he's the quarterback. So everybody's talking about going in Denver and wins could be tough. Motherfucker already did it when he was a backup last year. And last night, what he did was magical. Absolutely magical. Yeah, to see how he handled, like, that was his first real test of adversity, right? Like, mm-hmm. the yeah. pass rush was fucking good. Mm-hmm. And uh, he came back. And well, yeah, they flipped the switch in the fourth quarter. They were yeah. like, okay, now you're down 10 on the road. Can you do it? Yeah. And he went out there and did it. This is like the L.A. Rams. I said the L.A. Rams are a team, whenever you have all those big studs, whenever they decide to flip the switch, they flip. They can flip the switch. They mm-hmm. got it in the in kind of in the back pocket. You know, mm-hmm. they got whenever we need this, let's pull it out and do it. It seems as if the Chiefs might be the same way. And Patrick Mahomes doesn't seem to get rattled. Those big situations doesn't seem to get rattled. He seems to be a killer too, which is what you need. You need your guy that's willing to go out there and step on a throat and keep it moving. I like Patrick Mahomes. Did you see him pregame too? No, casually throwing like eighty plus yards, like yeah, he was just launching missiles, bombs. <sighs> He's got a hose, bro. <laughs> and it's you basically know what? Like the Mike Vick commercial. Some oh, with that fucking uh, nerf. Yeah. <laughs> that thing that whistled out of the goddamn. Or no, he actually did it with. Uh, yeah, it was the a commercial. Was the real football? It was a Powerade Power commercial. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that he did it. What was that whistling for? The Nerf vortex. Nerf, yeah. Oh yeah. my god! The, vortex. We, the amount of Nerf vortexes that are on the roof of our size of, oh. our, of our elementary <laughs> school. school It's absurd. Because everybody's trying to go over the yeah. school with it, and you could just hear it, and all of a sudden you hear. <laughs> so they lost another vortex. Great ball to throw. Terrible, Terrible catch. catch. Yeah. Oh my god! You catch it, it by the tail. Yeah, and if you're. If you were early, that thing's hurting. Oh, yeah. That thing hurts like a brand new ball. But Mahomes has a cannon. He's got it all. I really like him a lot. I, and it's, it's what I've been saying this whole time. Best bet in the entire universe right now. The best. We are still in Andy Reid season. We got like a week or two left before things are <laughs> going to get a little rocky. So while we're in this, let's enjoy it. You take the Chiefs' money line. It might look scary. It wasn't even bad last night. It was like minus like 170, 180. Not bad. 
Not bad. The week before it was 280, minus 280. So you're definitely risking a lot here. But go ahead and go for it when you go to mybookie.ag, the greatest gambling website in the entire earth. You use promo code PAT, get 100% bonus on your first deposit. You hammer time. And I, I can't, you take a Thor hammer. Much bigger hammer than the Colts gave me to hit that anvil and that incredible gift of me hammering <laughs> me over. Much bigger. You hammer the Chiefs' money line, and you just go ahead and let ride the wave. Last night, I was sweating a little bit. I did max, max, max bet on the Chiefs' money line, and I was just watching. I'm like, oh, they're coming down to earth. That sucks. Andy Reid's season's <laughs> over already. That's some of my favorite season. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Travis Kelsey's getting double. He's dropping balls. Nothing's happening. He's a part of the cheat code. New shirts out now. Go ahead and get them. PatMcAfeeShow.com. And then Tyreek Hill still making plays. They're getting him the ball in all these different ways. And then he starts seeing them start cooking. You're like, yep, I knew my bet was good, which it is. Chiefs money line, pro, uh, promo code Pat, mybookie.ag. We're in the MyBookie studio. Big thanks to them. This Thursday, I believe we're doing something with hockey for Beat Pat McAfee at 1150. I'm not sure exactly what it is yet, but it's something with hockey. What's up, Dixie? What's nice with the Chiefs, too, like early the passing game wasn't on, and then just Kareem Hunt decided he was going to have himself in there. Mm-hmm. He lowered his head and tried to run a guy oh, over, yeah. by the way. That should have been a penalty. Technically. Now, hey, sh- let's just not let's just let it go. <laughs> they don't call that anymore. Hey, man, let's just, hey, let's just not, let's not address that. Uh, you saw all of defensive <laughs> NFL last night, though, go like, oh, 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 Clay Matthews hugs a guy, gets a penalty. I know. Kareem Hunt tries to steamroll a guy with the b- top of his helmet and nothing. He gets so applauded, by the way. The NFL was like tweeting it out like, <laughs> truck stick, <laughs> truck stick. It's like, yeah, that seems to be illegal if I was to guess. I love that game, though. Mm-hmm. What a good game. Yeah, it was great. Vaughn Miller, though. I had to stay up to the very end because I had Chiefs, or sorry, I had Broncos plus four and a half. So we both won. Well, what, some guy, we I was his, from the Action Network or whatever, mm-hmm. he took Chiefs Money. M- minus three and a half. Okay. No, he took Broncos. He won on both sides somehow. Yeah, yeah. I watched him win both bets somehow, and it was one cool. of the most beautiful things I've ever. I'm like, that guy's bankrupt. Because early in the week or like uh, the other day, I got Broncos at plus four and a half, but before the, right before the game started, they were plus three and a half. So if you got them there, you lost. So he probably had the Broncos at four and a half and the Chiefs at minus three and a half. That's exactly what he had. He had the Broncos plus four and a half, Chiefs minus three and a half. It landed right on the number. And it was Green Dot City. And I'm like, <laughs> bro, how do you win? Um, but my bookie's just looking at the TV like this motherfucker. <laughs> yep. And I got Chiefs minus four and just pushed. Attaboy. Like oh. the most least fulfilling thing that could have happened at the oh. end of that game. You did on Thursday night too. Oh, oh yeah. Old bland. I'm king Nick. of pushes. It always evens out for me. <laughs> How do they get so accurate though? It's it's nuts. To think about it. It is. Every single time. Absolutely crazy to think about how good they are. And the over-unders are always within a fucking point. I don't understand it. Not a single clue. I don't understand it at all. How do you do it? I don't know how they do it. They got to be cheating. Speaking of cheating, the NFL fucked over the Browns. I was watching that game. Dog Pound does not deserve what they got right there. That was a first down. And that's a big situation whenever you're running the clock out on the road. Timeouts (laughs) have to be used. First down. Let's go ahead and get another win for Baker Mayfield. Undefeated Mayfield. Browns probably undefeated all year if they got a kicker in Baker Mayfield playing. And instead, Walt motherfucking Anderson. I hate him. I think he's the worst ref in the NFL. I've said it for a long time. How about that roughing the passer call in the first, uh, early in the game? On the didn't Raiders see that. Or on the Browns. On the Raiders. There was, didn't see yeah, that. There was a bad one on the Raiders. I didn't switch over. I didn't switch over to that game until the end there. Yeah. And just watching that call get overturned after going to the booth, after going for the review, 
somebody in his ear, and it's hard for the Cleveland fans not to say, hey, somebody called down there and said, hey, nope, let's take this to overtime. It's John Gruden. We can't have him go to 0 4. You got it, like the NBA walking out. Uh, we decided fourth down. <laughs> no explanation, by the way. No explanation. And they probably told him in here, you're in Oakland, too. Nobody's going to care. You're going to be a hero here. Just go ahead and walk out there. Nobody will even notice. TV won't even notice. The internet won't notice. Don't even worry about it. Just go ahead. Walt, just go deliver the message, will you? Yeah, you got it. I go, I'm the worst fucking ref in the history of the goddamn league. I'll go do that for sure. <laughs> Bang. Fourth down. Got a punt. Raiders come stumbling, bumbling, fumbling back. It was absurd. The dog pound did not deserve I, it. I am 50-50 on the first down call. Do I think it was a first down? I don't know, but I don't. Th- it was way too close to overturn it. That's not 50-50 then. That's 100% what you just said. Nah, not in my world. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but. Yes. So I don't think they got fucked there. I they for sure. You don't. You just said that they got fucked. You nah. literally just said you said you can't overturn that. Nah, Cleveland deserves it, but <laughs> <laughs> they for sure got fucked when Derek Carr fumbled. Like uh, I don't know a drive earlier. It was a drive or two earlier. Uh, they sacked him, and the ball was clearly out. Literally as soon as they sacked him, but they called him in the grasp, and there was no grasp. Yeah, at all. it yeah. was so bad. They would have scored. Oh, they scooped him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the Browns do not deserve that. I mean, Hugh Jackson, what a character he is, but the Browns do not deserve what happened to them. I, I did not enjoy that. John Gruden, though, by the way, congrats on getting your first win. There's definitely asterisks all over the place. <laughs> After the game, John Gruden has his entire team take a knee. After the game, I don't know if you saw that. We used to do that like in high school. That's what I'm saying. It was very interesting. You got these old men, though, that just ran for like three hours. You're like, take a knee. You're like, motherfucker, I'm going to have to get back up after this. <laughs> he had everybody take a knee after the game. I've never seen that in the NFL. No. I'm going to be honest when I say I've never seen it. Maybe before the game, take a knee or something like that to pray. Or maybe you take a knee to pray afterwards or something like that. But the... The taking knee so he can give a speech thing was wild to me. That, that was the first thing I noticed whenever he was giving his speech. He was doing the, um, what did John Gruden say? He said, he said something, I'll tell you, we'll remember this forever. Uh, what did, is he back there? Is Coach Gruden back yeah, there? Yeah, yeah, he is. Yeah, can you tell? ask him why he had everybody take a knee afterwards? Uh, hey, Coach Gruden, how's it going, boss? I'm doing great, Pat. How you doing, man? Hey, congrats on your first win. There's a lot of asterisks, you know, almost like Walt Anderson and you were in cahoots a little bit. Uh, we'll not, we won't talk about that. Congrats on your first win. You got a game ball, by the way. That's awesome. First time getting a game ball in a long time. You had your entire team take a knee. Coaches included by the way, yep. after the game. You had everybody on a knee around you. Is there a reason for that? Well, I just uh, I told them, you know, we're just trying to get on the same page. My big message was, hey, man, look what we just did. Can you imagine what we would do if we had a pass rusher? I've <laughs> 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 been saying it for a while. You know, they're not easy to come by. If we had a pass rusher down here in Oakland, we'd be 4-0, man. A lot of people would say that's kind of like a power – uh, hungry move to have everybody on a knee looking up at you. Is that what happened? Or? Well, I just, you know, I mean, big win. I like to remind these guys who the big swinging dick around here is. <laughs> you know, I don't need anyone's head getting too big. You know what happened last time that happened? You know, we had to fucking shift the, ship the guy off to the midway. So, uh, yeah, you know, I'm just trying to remind everyone who's the big swinging dick around here. They I, know. I can respect that a lot. Do you ever think about, like, the, the I saw a coach with all white hair, it might have been 70, taking a knee. Do you ever think about him having to get back up after that or that doesn't matter <laughs> Nah, not really if he can't be gritty and get up off his ass i don't want him around here so. <laughs> <laughs> that was the first thing i noticed though first hey, thanks coach how hard no is it to kick off dirt yeah i noticed that kid was really struggling there it's a few weeks in a row too like it happened when the rams played their week one i think the big thing is you're scared you're just gonna slip so it's like you're coming in a little bit lighter so if you that's the issue with 
terrible fields. It's not so much that it fucks with the ball. It's just your thought is that uh, you're going to slip or your plant foot's going to be fucked. It's like when I kick in my backyard there in my field there. Mm -hmm. There's always, always goddamn lumps everywhere. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm going to plant and roll my fucking ankle here. I just know it's going to happen. But I've got to the point where I'm retired. So if I roll my ankle, I don't give a fuck. Mm -hmm. So I just go ahead and go for it. But back when I was playing, I had a, an entire area that I had to like flatten out. I even got one of them like heavy roller things. Mm -hmm. I rented one of them heavy roller things so I didn't roll. The plant foot... Having the thought that your plant foot could give is something that maybe is a little paralysis by analysis. That McCrane kid, very interesting kicker, though. He was he, he told John Gruden right to his face, I can make this kick. Literally right to his face. Gruden looks at him and goes, can you make this? And he goes, yep. And he jogs on the field, misses it. Then you got to jog right back to that sideline. And that is the situation that you do not want to be a part of. I thought he should take his shit and jog right out of the stadium. I said that it was overtime. It was a 50 yarder off the dirt. I said, you just take your shit and leave the stadium. He goes back, ends up hitting a game winner. Good for him. Congrats to him. But yeah, it's 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 more in your head. I think that you're going to slip, which, by the way, could be true too. I, I have no idea. But, but like, it, as a kicker from fifty, you can't say no, though, right? When a coach, you asks. can never say no. Yeah, yeah, you never. I've never heard anybody say no ever. But you, it's normally comes through your special teams coach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To you, not from the head coach to you. So when Gruden turns, hey man, what did he say to him? Hey man, can you make this fucking kick or what? <laughs> and then McCrane goes, yeah, 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 coach, absolutely. What did Gruden do you think say back to him? Get out there and fucking make it then. So he misses in his head. They show Gruden with a like a scowl. His first thought had to be like this fucking kicker. <laughs> I hate him. I knew I shouldn't have sent his ass out there. So you had a similar similar situation a few years back. You had a really long one. They sent you out to kick. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was what a was that? Sixty five like? yarder. It was in uh, preseason though, so it didn't really fucking matter. We had not. So we had a backup kicker in camp. Mm -hmm. So I had not even kicked a field goal yet <laughs> in camp at all with a snap and a hold because they were just like, hey, let's not waste any reps. So I go, Chuck looks at me, and he goes, you want to kick this? And I'm like, oh, uh, yeah, absolutely, I'd like to kick this. And then as I'm jogging on the field, I'm thinking, I have not kicked yet. <laughs> Who's holding for you? Griff Whalen. I have not kicked yet this entire training. Griff Whalen. Worst center in the history. Of the <laughs> Everybody's seen the play. That was not supposed to get snapped. Griff Whalen, worst center in the history. But he was our go-to guy for everything. He was my holder. He was everything like that. Or it might have been Chandler Harnish. It was either Chandler Harnish or Griff Whalen, depending on who was in there. And uh, I jog on the field. And literally, as I'm jogging on, I'm like, I have not kicked a field goal yet this year. I don't, maybe not in six months. And I'm like, who knows how this is going to go. And I aimed down the middle. And I ended up pulling it left, uh -huh. just like what the kid did. And it was close, by the way. I, I thought it was going, I was doing like the look-see, like, the, oh, <laughs> shit. And then I missed. I was very upset, obviously. I go in, and Chuck comes up, good swing at it, but I'm like, well, maybe some fucking practice. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm so sorry. I didn't say that to him. I was like, yeah, sorry I missed it. You know, it was a preseason game. didn't matter. But it's one of those situations where you go out there for the long ones, and you're kicking the short ones as if they're the long ones. Mm -hmm. Nobody really changes their reps. I mean, Janikowski might because he just kind of guesses his steps. <laughs> so I, he's had a hell of a he career. He drove a 55 yard this weekend. Yeah, 52 yard game winner right yeah. there. That was awesome. But it's it's one of those things where every kick's supposed to be the same. But when you get further, it's hard not to like kind of yeah. want to hit it a little bit harder, you know. And that's the difference between a good and a great, though. That is really the difference between good and great. And that's why I was not a great field goal kicker. <laughs> I was a good one, but not a great one. That's the difference, though. Speaking of great, Vinatieri, congratulations, man. That's awesome. What a fucking underwhelming game for it to happen in. But it, 
uh, a last second loss <laughs> in overtime with another that Fairbairn kid uh, missed uh, uh, by a lot <laughs> that uh, the time I was the one where they uh, iced him yeah yeah, yeah he was missed a big shake yeah it was a Vanderjack-esque miss yeah. almost off to the sideline there kid gets another shot he makes it but that day was dominated by one man and one man only it's Adam Vinatieri becoming the all-time leader in field goals made in the NFL history so cool so that's a record that will never be touched. Never, ever be. T- that will never be broken. There will never be another kicker like Vinatieri, especially in the world that we live in now with social media and Twitter. Because in, in, when you're kicking, it's all in between the ears. Everything's in between the ears. And now everybody can chirp you at all times. And your head is, there's a, there's a rattle factor that's at a level that it's never been seen before, ever. And I don't think you'll ever see a guy like Vinatieri, mostly because there's so much money outside of football to go get that you don't want to have to kick for 23. Yeah. This is 23-year wow. piece of work, by the way. This is, a, this is a slow game here. This is not an overnight success story. This is 23-year Bob Ross painting to get to the top <laughs> of the mountain. And I just, uh, Justin Tucker is an absolutely elite kicker. That guy with four field goals in the second half to send the Steelers home with another L in Pittsburgh. Down there near the three rivers in Heinz Field. Eric Weddle wanted to be a Steeler, but instead he's on the podium postgame celebrating beating the fuck out of the Steelers in (laughs) Pittsburgh. He got toasted. He sucks anyways. Oh, yeah. Of course he does. Of course he sucks. If it's under 50 and Tucker's out the kick, it's automatic. Like, I just know a commercial break's already coming. I assume that's part of the commercial break because I know it's going in. I just get up and go to the kitchen anyways. Tucker's unbelievable but kicking is all about consistency that is 100% what it is and Tucker's the most consistent kicker probably ever most consistent kicker ever you could say I mean Dan Bailey had a run there with the Cowboys where he never missed either Vanderjack I think for a long time had a run where he never missed Justin Tucker it just seems as if he's never gonna miss because he hits the ball so pure but to do it for 23 years it is just a different animal like Tucker will have to do it for another 17 years that's to catch crazy. up to Adam wow. 17 Jesus. years. Think about it. If it's Tucker's sixth year, it might be his fifth. I'm not even sure. It might be his fifth year. I don't even know if it's his sixth year. So he would have to do it for another 17 years to even get close to that record. It's just, and Vinatieri is with teams that scored a lot. Patriots scored a lot. Colts scored a lot. Kicked field goals a lot. Tucker, he's with the Ravens. They're not always, those are some defensive battles, and he's in the AFC North, which is a terrible area. Vinatieri, though, AFC East, let's not get crazy. He was in some bad shit, too, for Mm -hmm. a while. But just to think, how many years has Tucker been in? I think it's his seventh. Seventh year. So for another 16 Undrafted. 16 years, Vinatieri as well. 16 years he would have to do it to catch up to Vinatieri. And that's why even Justin Tucker would say, that guy's the fucking man. Matt Bryan as well. Hell of a career. Jason Hansen with the Lions. Hell of a career. Because whenever you can stack up that amount of years of not getting the yips and not getting in your own head and shit like that, it's just, it's another level. But Tucker is a phenom to watch. Congrats to Vinatieri. He's going to get the all-time points record here in a couple weeks. That's going to be awesome to watch as well. Very happy for him. I hope he just takes his cleats off, tells everybody, suck it. (laughs) (laughs) Bang, see you later. This team's going to win one game this year. I did not mind the go-for-it call in overtime. It's just like any fake punt or fake kick. If you make it, you're a genius. Vrabel did it 
in overtime for the Titans. They had a 50-yard field goal yep. with Suckup, which might as well be a lock, by the way. Suckup is very, very, very accurate. Might as well have been a lock. He thinks about it, puts his team back on the field, goes for it. They end up scoring a touchdown, beating the world champions Eagles in overtime. If it works, it works. If Rabel doesn't get that there, he is going to be guessed, second guessed forever mm-hmm. for not letting Suckup hit that 50-yarder. Because all they got to do is bounce down the field, Jake Elliott hits the game winner, Eagles steal the win in Nashville. But Instead, it works out. Vrabel's team wins the game. That Titans team looks tight, by the way. That camaraderie level is very high. It looks like they like Vrabel. Good teams are teams that like each other, and those Titans like each other. But whenever you fail in an attempt like that, Every the world comes down on you, and all the players said they loved it because it's a coach believing in them. But man, that's a tough way to lose a game. That's a tough the, way to lose a game. The only difference between the Vrabel and the Frank Reich was. There was a lot of time left for Vrabels. Going for it on your own 40, and there was only 25 seconds left, and they had no timeouts, and so they had to get like 25 yards to get Vinny in range. It would have been tough, even if they did make the first down, to even get into field goal range with that little time left to even for that to for even them to give a chance to win. That was my only problem with it. I guess the the risk reward is what you're saying? Correct, yes. The risk assessment of yeah, life yeah. is what you're saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they had to move a little bit to get into Vinny's Correct. range. Yeah, but it's still like you're you're just going. We, I mean, we were looking. We can't find a video of it anywhere. Was it an out? Like, wasn't it an out to every, the sideline? Like, time if he gets I, out of bounds. Every time I Google search Colts fourth down play, <laughs> the fucking snap against the Patriots comes up. <laughs> Griff Whalen, bad center. I think we will always talk about but that. But no, because I think it was thrown like to the numbers. Like No, I, it was outside the numbers because it was short. Yeah, I know it, it might short. have been an out, but Luck throwing that short, by the way, is a whole other animal, right? He did throw it 50 yards. He did throw a Hail Mary that game. He did throw a Hail Mary. I don't know the big difference between the 49 and the yeah, 45. It, the, everybody say, can say that they don't listen to things that are being said outside the building, but it sure felt as if there was a different situation there. Um, but that ended up short. It's always, if it, if it works, you're a genius. If it doesn't, you're an idiot. It's just one or the other. I mean, it's just it's a game too, roll of the dice. But as soon as they missed it, I, as soon as they didn't get that first down, everybody on earth knew that was over. Mm-hmm. I actually tweeted out, "Oh no!" <laughs> as soon as the ball was incomplete, I tweeted out, "Oh no!" I mean, it, but didn't the Eagles last year make their living? Oh yeah, on going I mean, for it on fourth down. All, and that's the, where he all came the great from, teams so. like well, they like know the that they have, there's a better chance like fourth and four. There's there's a million chances there's gonna be defense holding, defense pass interference. Right. You can get four yards in this in this league in this day. Like four and, yards is basically a And four. think about the refs too. The refs know that's a big moment. Correct. So maybe they're a little excited as well. You could steal a call out of that. You're hundred percent right. You don't think about that. I like the way the Titans look, by the way. Yeah. Biggest they're, surprise of the year. Defense yeah. is so- they're a bad team, I think. I think they're a bad, like, not, I don't mean bad team. I mean, you put them on paper, you wouldn't say, man, this team is fucking loaded, especially with Delaney Walker out, I think. I think yeah, Delaney, yeah, he's very, mm-hmm. yeah. he was stabbing a sword in the middle of the field, and mm-hmm. I was like, oh, shit, he's out, and they're still doing this? That team is together, though. It, they're very to, It's like the Eagles team last year. Mm-hmm. Very together team. They like each other a lot. I said it a million times, and I'll say it again. When I saw that Meek Mill team meeting oh, yeah. where everybody mm-hmm. was dancing to Meek Mill together as a team, that means more than anything in the game of football. Anything. Because it's not you're playing for yourself. You're literally playing for everybody. For the boys is what they're saying, yeah. by the way. <laughs> they just hijacked that. By <laughs> just hijacked that. But they are playing for each other. And it seems Vrabel is first-time head coach. Mm-hmm. He's a young guy. He's earned the respect of that locker room, and it's almost like they're in it together. And I think he's a hard-ass, too. So I think it's like a win-win situation there. Taylor Luan's been a hell of a leader in yeah. there. Mariota can make a play at any time. I like that team a lot. I'm a, And by the way, would have never guessed it. 
I would have never got Brett Kern, their punter, most underrated punter in the history of the NFL. I even fucked him over this past weekend for the brand because I changed the channel and he puts one out at the three. I'm like, ah, I start getting tweets. <laughs> the Titans actually <laughs> tweeted me. They're like, yo, did you not fucking see this? <laughs> I'm like, I changed. I only got six TVs. What are you, there's eight games going on. I got six TVs. Get off my dick. I don't know what to do. I don't want to put the cart before the horse, but uh, I did pick them to win the division on quick hits. Did you? On Titans, yeah. You had a little six and zero last week too. I did. It was a big. It was a big week for me. <laughs> I'm, I've, been, I've been bad gambling. Things have been going. Titans bad. got the Bills next week. Yeah, and What's it's that a weird line. Uh, I just saw it. Me and uh, Connor, Boston Connor, were talking about it yesterday. It's a weird line. The Titans are only minus three at the Bills. It's a scary one. That's one where I'll probably stay away from. It. Uh, I won't. I'm jumping all over. <laughs> yep, you're going all over the Titans. I'm going all over the Titans. And they'll win like 26-24 some, for some reason. The biggest issue with me with the Bills is Josh Allen's so inconsistent right now. He played so bad. So bad. So, 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 so bad. bad. He was rolling right and thought he could make a 60-yard pass back left. Like, I respect the confidence in your arm, but that's just a terrible decision in NFL. But that's him being a rookie, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this is exactly what they're banking on. You're living and dying with him from leaping over. Over Anthony Barr one week to across your body sixty yard toss yeah. into an interception in the red zone, and that's that's a very interesting situation. So what if he shows up and balls out up there in Buffalo? You never know. Mm-hmm. But I am there's my early lock. Go ahead and get it now while the line is still at what it is. Go ahead, go to mybookie.ag, use promo code pack at one hundred percent bonus on your first deposit, and put it all on the Titans. That's like the line this weekend when it was Seattle minus three at or Seattle minus four at uh, Arizona. It was one of those weird ones, like, you think they should blow out the Cardinals, but they didn't. Well, everybody was saying that about Detroit-Dallas, too. Mm-hmm. That was a good bet we for us. We snuck in there. Hey, we snuck in there. In I, the I like that. I like that a lot. I, like I took it. the money line. You just easy? Take all the all the stress out of it? Just money line? Yeah. You, I lost win. everything this weekend. <laughs> Did you? I stink. It's so hard. <laughs> it is hard. It is so hard. Especially, it seems like this season. Maybe we say that every year, but it just you just never know. I, the parody is unreal. Hey, Earl Thomas is the GOAT. Yeah, yeah, that would I yeah respect. I mean that's a tough. One. It sucks. How about the Chiefs coming out yesterday? Yeah, we were going to trade for him. They came out yesterday. And said yeah, we were definitely trying to trade for him. Oh, not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! And if he's playing in Denver on Monday night, you know he doesn't do it. Doesn't break his leg in Arizona on Sunday. <laughs> so that's something to think about. But he gets eight point nine million this year. Yeah. And they said the clean break will heal before Super Bowl and definitely for free agency. Mm-hmm. So Earl Thomas will be a healthy animal, just like Le'Veon Bell too. For who says he's coming back? Best week running back seven. in the game. Okay, so best we, running back in the game. Can we talk about this? <laughs> <laughs> best running back because in the game. I don't understand back. his strategy. Diggs, here. You guys are bad at football. Steelers are bad right now. Bad. At they look terrible in all facets. Though Boswell seems to have found a stroke back, back, which is good. Whole Goodness. Back. That's Goodness. the only good news right now. Not yet. Week seven, you will be. But I don't understand the strategy in coming back week seven. Uh, so he did an interview. Okay. I understand what you're saying. Like you, you'll still get, you can still have a chance to get back, come back and get hurt or whatever. Just yeah. go on with the fucking interview. Sorry. <laughs> uh, that he's doing it just because he misses football and he wants to remind people of how good he is. Like he wants to come back. I respect that. Hey, because that's why I put up videos of me kicking in the backyard. By the way. Hey, hey, y'all motherfuckers forgot real quick. <laughs> That's what Lev Bell is thinking. But it's his own damn fault that people forget whenever you're looking a little bit overweight performing on TMZ mm-hmm. on a on a night club. So what what is that? Three weeks out? Yeah. It's it's the bye week. Seven. Week seven is the bye week, and he was he said he was gonna come back. Uh he doesn't know how many how many practices he thinks it'll take, but he's definitely gonna be ready for week eight versus the Browns. So that's one month. 
So he has one month right now to get in shape. Because mm-hmm. I know everybody will say, well, the camera, because I look bad on camera very regularly. Mm-hmm. I was actually told by an agent yesterday, an agent that said, oh, you look you look better in person. I'm like, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that means, but thanks. I appreciate everything you just said. I underst- Angles. I understand that the camera can kill you uh-huh. a little bit. Lev Bell looks big, though. He looks big. Mm-hmm. In, a, in with those types of athletes, though, like guys like that, though, one month is more than enough time mm-hmm. to shit. Because that is an old, like for us, Todd, you yeah. and me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Bowers has this joke. <laughs> like this fat that we have, this thing's been around. Yeah. <laughs> this thing's been here a couple of decades. This fat, you're not just going to take it off easy. You know what I mean? Right. Lev Bell's fat is what, from one good offseason? Yeah. He can shed that with the quickness. No problem. One month he's back in the game. Are the Steelers going to make a late run? Are you guys going to be a good football team again? Well, yeah, because uh, injuries will be healed up by then. Yeah, probably make an easy, easy, probably won't lose a game after he gets back, I assume. Is that what you're thinking, Diggs? Yeah. The, another big thing from that interview was he said that the Steelers told him uh, when they were going through negotiation talks, no matter what, they were going to transition tag him in 2019, which is basically lets him negotiate with other teams and, and then the match. Steelers have the right to match. Yeah. What do you think? I don't know. I don't know what to think. I'm like... Uh, you guys I'm, are bad right now. I just like, don't get I'm like, it. I'm like, I've been broken up with, and now, All I, this now is... I want to get back together, <laughs> and <laughs> I want to forget everything that happened. <laughs> you talked a lot of shit when it first happened. You're well, like, who did? Employee 26. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we was, we uh, remember we, that. Yeah. Week 8 is the trade deadline. So that makes sense from that standpoint if he wants to come back and thinks there's a trade in the works. But otherwise, like if you're holding out to protect your body, why not keep holding out until week 10 when you absolutely have to be back? He wants to remind people. He wants to say he's sick of people But you just saw what happened to Earl Thomas. Any comment on Earl Thomas' thing? Keep being a bad guy for all of us. Earl Thomas, by the way, breaking his leg after holding... His first thought, by the way, isn't that... I have to rehab my leg. It isn't that I just broke my leg in the middle of this game. It isn't that goddamn that hurts, right? Think about how much pain he was in, by the way. Think about how much pain he's in. No, no, no. Cool as a fucking cucumber on the back of a goddamn cart while the other team is patting him on the shoulder. He just thinks to himself, I fucking hate Pete Carroll. (laughs) I Fuck you, man. And you know what? Everybody else over there, too. I'm sure Russell Wilson's near him. Hey, take one there, bud. That is just beautiful to me. Pete Carroll was asked about it, who he thought it was targeted at, and Pete Carroll said it's a big steal. (laughs) (laughs) What an answer. With the gum, too. Big stadium. (laughs) I absolutely love that. I absolutely love that. I... I cried laughing when I read that Pete Carroll said it was a big stadium. That's just absolutely <laughs> awesome. I Earl Thomas, where will he land? Is he going to go uh, ring shopping? Is he going to go for a team that has a chance, like He's- maybe the Rams? Maybe the Rams will figure out a way to get him in that roster, or will he be going for big cash, which is what he wanted, I think, since the beginning. I think, I mean, he's a Texas guy. I think he's always wanted to play for the Cowboys. That's it's got to be the favorite. They, the, they like him too. How about the Cowboys get a win? Mm-hmm. Good for them. Zeke, that, mm-hmm. Zeke went off. Yeah. yeah, he looks terrible, by the way. Yeah, he looks bad, doesn't he? He looks very bad. Mm-hmm. But as a football player, he looks good. I'm Correct. just talking about as a human. Yes, uh, and I don't get it. I don't get. I don't get it either because he's still fast, still in shape. But he, you know what? This is this is what happens though when your metabolic rate slows down. Correct. A bit. You mm. get a little bit happens older. Happens all of us. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't happen to you, Nick? Huh? Uh, a little bit, but you know, it doesn't show as much. Oh. I had it well. 
Zeke is Zeke looks different, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. But he's still incredible. Mm-hmm. Still really good at be- uh, football. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good for him. Very good. Good for Dak Prescott too, getting a big win. By the way, I had no idea that Dak Prescott is that bad of a uh, a stat getter. He started very well, and then he plateaued and kind of fell off. Everybody in their mom though just mentions his stats compared to what everybody else does. Everybody goes compare that to what Dak has done, who I guess has never thrown for three hundred yards or something. He's like got that. no one to throw the ball to. That and, too. And also the people pulling the strings. Des Bryant said bad at it. Bad, bad. Des Bryant's still not in the NFL, right? No. Nope. Mm-mm. Who's back first, Lev or Des? He just tweeted, I think, yesterday. Someone asked him if he was coming back, and yeah, he said soon. Weekend. Who, Des said that? Yeah. All right, so there's a little over-under. Who's, or There's a little pick em. Is Lev back before Des or Des back before Lev? Mm. If I was a betting man. Des. Which I am. I think I'm going to lean Des. Slightly Same. lean Des. How about in the game, though? So not just on a team, in a game. Des, Des has more incentive to come back. Lev has no real incentive to come back until week 10. If he comes back before that, it's, it's, a, it's a weird – it's the is, wrong decision Des is Lev. rich, though. Des is already rich, mm-hmm. just like Lev's already rich. The incentive – there is no incentive, really, for either of them to come back, right? Des, the only reason why Des would come back is for pride. That's the only reason why, to prove everybody that in Dallas he was right, everybody else was wrong. That's the only reason why Des would come back. Lev, same thing, though. Lev would be the same thing. And this is all working out very well to Lev, by the way. With the Steelers losing like this? Yeah. Yeah, to the Ravens at home on Monday night, by the way. This is all working out very, very well for Le'Veon Bell. It's like, who do you think is in a game first? How'd Josh Gordon do this weekend? I think he had two receptions for, like, 28 yards or something like that. Miami Patriots Dolphins. are saying he's good. They're saying he's good? Patriots are saying he's. they're very happy with what he's doing. Really? Yeah. Oh, not good. Edelman's back this week, too. Oh, my God. And they shut out the fucking Dolphins, didn't they? Uh, seven. They uh, Dolphins scored late. I bet on the North. Dolphins. Uh, 38-7 was the final. Plus six and a half. We only needed fucking 32 points <laughs> in the fourth quarter. I had to turn it off, though, because I was so mad. It was all uh, the games. I, I hate t- when that happens. I had to turn it off because I was just so mad. I'm like, what the fuck happened to you? You guys were on a run, Dolphins. And then you get into Gillette, which is very tough to play. That's why I think the Colts are in for a tough one on Thursday night, especially with you think Julian was training with little high schoolers like Jameis Winston. <laughs> oh, during his suspension? Did you see the list of players coming back from suspension? Yeah, there's a lot. And it wasn't like they were being – it's not like the the way TV people were talking about these people who were suspended for four games. They were talking about them like, here we go. We got these people coming back from a cheating suspension. <laughs> that was not – Nobody e- cares. No, not even, nobody cares. No, nobody gives a fuck. Mm-hmm. It was like, here's the players coming back. And they start listing them off. They're like, oh, the Patriots get a lot better with this guy coming back. <laughs> not a one thing was said – not a single thing was said like – yeah, you know, these these terrible humans who <laughs> tried to cheat and scheme the system uh, are coming back because I think that's how big of a joke the NFL's testing process is that everybody on earth is just like, yeah, it's probably bullshit. Right. Uh, they got a four-game break. Now they get to come back. I'm excited, though, to watch that Patriots team really put, piece it together. I know the whole world doesn't like that, especially Indianapolis Colts fans aren't going to mm-hmm. like that on Thursday night. But, man, whenever they start – because whenever Tom had Randy Moss, those were fun. Yeah. Those games were fun. He threw for 50 touchdowns. Those games were <laughs> fun. And then now you got Patrick Mahomes with the Tyreek Hill and that offense. So now you got at least a 4 o'clock game probably that's going to be incredible. Yeah. And hopefully a Patriots game that's going to be electric. And it's just like defenses around the league are like, with these rules and these players, we're fucked. Absolutely fucked. The Chiefs and the Rams are on a collision course. 
collision course. I think they play in Mexico or something like that. Oh, that game, yeah. that game is going to be a uh, moy boy. Moy boy. I think the Rams might put up sixty that game. Against the Chiefs defense, they're they're thirty second in the league. They're not they're not great. Yeah. They played better last night. So here's something you got to think about as well. I know they have to be on the field a lot. Yes, whenever you're scoring at a rapid rate, your defense is on the field a lot. So it's like you don't get a lot of rest. But but no excuses. You're professionals. Mm-hmm. Booger you- was really hard on them last night. They were bad. So they were that whole crew can't was tackle. so bad. I'm not saying anything about the announcers. <laughs> <laughs> no, Booger, Booger was good, but he was really no. like dissecting. If he said the a country mile defense. one more fucking time, <laughs> I was gonna lose my shit. I'm not we don't I'm not saying anything. People are saying <laughs> yeah. that those announcers are the worst announcers in the history of football. People are saying that. I heard that. But I would never say that. People are saying that it's making games hard to watch with how terrible the announcers are. <laughs> but I wouldn't say that. No. Not me? No. People are saying that <laughs> this decision to have those two people in the booth and that man on a little cart on the sideline blocking the view of people paying thousands of dollars for tickets is the worst decision ever made in the history of NFL being broadcasted. But I wouldn't say that. Mm-mm. People are saying that. How quickly they forget about Dennis Miller. Oh, that was a oh. bad period. And Kornheiser was in there too, yeah. right? Yeah. Was Every once in a while, I'll see a motherfucker show up in my comment section when people are like, we need McAfee in a booth. We need McAfee in a booth. And people that don't know that I played, they only think that I do comedy yeah. or whatever. Oh, yeah, I remember the last time we had comedians in the booth, Dennis Miller. I'm like, if you're comparing me to fucking Dennis, <laughs> what an idiot. What a, I, I, I want to walk through Twitter sometimes and just kick a motherfucker in his <laughs> face. Right out, right out of the phone. Like, as he's holding his phone, I just want to go ahead and reach my leg right through it and just go, shut the fuck up. <laughs> we should just make a graphic where you just kick tweets off and shut Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. I really want to do that sometimes. I really do want to do that. The possibility of me covering a game, we are getting close, by the way. What did you do yesterday? Oh, it was a big day in New York. Huge. Who was, wasn't it, Foxy? Yeah, I got kind of bossed on, but that's what happened. Bro, he got punked hard. All these do? fucking acronyms from these business people <laughs> just blow my mind. Oh, How do you, you expect up? me to know what that means? What's a DTG or a <laughs> OWOW? I don't know. There's an MCM, MCN talk. There was a lot of things going over our head in this meeting, but Foxy was getting shit on. Yeah. Foxy was getting shit on. It was awesome. I was enjoying the you hell You should have got the quarterback wrist just like looking down. Like, Bro, oh, that's seriously. <laughs> <laughs> I needed that. Well, the I thing with Foxy it. is he went straight from college to this world, too, so he's never had to deal with acronyms one day in his life. Oh. Business at World Acronyms. Oh, I know you haven't either. Let's go ahead and so. toss me into that. <laughs> There's a couple of times where I've, I stopped meetings yesterday and was like, yeah. no clue what you just said. Absolutely no clue what you just said right there. And they're like, what do you mean? And they're like, I don't know. You just put three letters together and expect me to know what the fuck that meant. I don't know what that means. They're like, and then there was a whole Google session on them trying to figure out what exactly it meant. Exactly. <laughs> it was wild. It wasn't it was- very time efficient when those acronyms are supposed to be time efficient. <laughs> <laughs> Fox is only saying this because he got shit on. So yeah. went to New York City. Uh-huh. For those wondering, the Pat McAfee professional baseball player, the greatest comedic mm-hmm. sports documentary in history, will be released October 10th, which is next Wednesday. Pre-order will begin October 7th, which is Sunday. Mm-hmm. Pre-order is 333. Mm-hmm. Release date October 10th, $5. So if you don't get it Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, you all you have to get it for five bucks. I'm giving you all a warning. Still a good deal. Is there any extra incentive for pre-order? Yeah. Todd, great question. Uh-huh. There's no extra incentive for pre-order. None. Okay. No extra incentive. Mm-hmm. But if you do buy it first week that it is out, so we'll go up until the next 
14th. The following Sunday night? The following Sunday night, yeah. Mm-hmm. So we'll go fo- – you're hearing us make up the rules. <laughs> <laughs> Sunday night. Seven days. 14th. 14th. So from the 7th to the 14th, if you buy Pat McAfee, professional baseball player, from patmcafeeshow.com, okay, which is OTT, by the way. It's OTT. <laughs> Don't know what that means. Do you, you know, know what me? that means? Over the top. Nope. No. Nope. It's some, I forgot. It's something about us putting it on our own website instead of putting it somewhere else. Gary V dropped it. Yeah. Wait, you talking? We have the whole Gary V conversation. I know here. OPP. You know me. Other people's property. Mm-hmm. You all about stealing that shit. It's not, not that. It's not on DTC. top. It's on, on top, top of something. So whatever. PatMagavishow.com. Pre-order October seventh. Release date October tenth. Until the fourteenth, if you buy it from the seventh to the fourteenth, you are entered. Into the greatest raffle in the history of raffles. By far. Huge raffle. And I, I'm saying this because I, I mean it. It's mm-hmm. unprecedented. I've never heard anything like this. Our no. sponsors basically got together and said, hey, man, we want to give away a bunch of shit with mm-hmm. you. And I was like, you know what? That's good. Because not only is this the greatest sports do- or comedic sports documentary in history, mm-hmm. there's also the greatest raffle alongside of yep. it. Yep. You buy the documentary, you get entered into a raffle. In the raffle, there is... Two World Series tickets. Good World what? Series tickets. Mm-hmm. Good. Good World Series tickets. Two good Super Bowl tickets. What? what? Two WrestleMania tickets. What? A thousand dollar free play from my bookie. What? what? Movement watch and sunglasses. What? Lisa mattress. What? Job shadow Nick Morano. What? <laughs> Maybe the best one there. Five hundred dollar Visa gift card. <laughs> what? Signed bat from the game. What? And I don't know if anything's been added since. We Adam Vinatieri autographed game jersey from this record-breaking oh, season. Whoa! Yeah. So all you got to do is buy the documentary from PatMagbyShow.com to get entered into that raffle. Whenever you, you'll get a ticket. You'll get it to your promo code. You will get a ticket to the raffle. And then we will do it as we will pull the tickets. The first winner will get to select out of all those prizes. And we will pull another one, the next person. So you could be stuck winning. The Nick Moraldo job shadow at the end if you win, but you do have the chance to win any of these incredible prizes with just the purchase of the documentary. That's three dollars and thirty-three cents to enter into possibly winning two World Series tickets, two Super Bowl tickets, two WrestleMania tickets, maybe a thousand dollar free play from mybookie.ag, an autographed Adam Vinatieri jersey, a five hundred dollar Visa gift card, a baseball bat signed, my only bat I ever used. Well, I used three of them. You get one of them. <laughs> Mom and Dad get the other one, and I'm gonna keep the third. Probably give it away whenever I end up going broke, like OJ Simpson had mm. to do. <laughs> <laughs> and a job shadow. Then we got to steal it. Movement watch. And a movement watch. And Lisa Mattress. So what well, we're saying is. So, so much so much good stuff. So and the documentary. And the documentary. You get that. Yes. You Which get is that. good. You get that. You don't have to win that. You get that. What a raffle. How That's, much do those Super Bowl tickets cost you? Dollar sixteen and a half. <laughs> 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 so, dude, when I say this, I mean it. I, there's going to be a lot of people that I don't know who I am. Correct. Just buy it for the raffle. Enter this just for the raffle and never watch the documentary. And I don't give a single fuck about <laughs> that. This raffle was meant to be the biggest raffle in the history of raffles. Shout out to all of our sponsors for getting involved in that. Shout out to you. Was gonna, I think you're going to enjoy the hell out of this documentary, mm-hmm. by the way. I think you're going to enjoy the hell out of it. I did a promo tour yesterday. I was in Gary V's office. Mm-hmm. Do we have the recording of that? Mm-hmm. Here's me and Gary V's <laughs> Hold on. Pause that. Pause that. So whenever we were thinking about how we promote this, yeah, yeah, in my head I thought of you know who's a promoter that I know that I could text. So I text Gary V asking him if he can promote it. Then I delete that text and I go, Gary, is there any way I could get advice? You see, 
to possibly help me release this documentary. Because Gary is a guy who wants to help you. Mm-hmm. That's all he wants to do is help. He's a helper. He's a helper. He's a helper all day, every day. He's a helper. He's the helper. He's, he's the internet helper. Yeah. That's what he is. Yeah. There was an approach to this, though. You couldn't just ask. To promote it. I, ha- to- I need to. Cards Against Humanity, you need to play. <laughs> the game. To who's listening. Yeah. So I, because I, I did want to hear Gary's advice, you know, on. So driving to Gary's office from the airport through the Lincoln Tunnel in the oh, middle of morning God. rush hour. Oh, yikes. How do people live there? I have no idea. Everybody that tells you New York City is the greatest city on earth, liars. All of them. And I know why they're all miserable, because that Lincoln Tunnel fucking traffic is the worst. Terrible. We sat underneath the goddamn East River for an hour and a half. Yep. Right underneath it. Underneath the bedrock, by the way. <laughs> Everett, our driver, told us, now there's no water. We're sneaking here because you're underneath the bedrock. And I'm like, cool, man. <laughs> is there any way we can get the fuck out of here, though? And it was just back to back. There's six lanes converging uh-huh. down to two. And there was an accident, I heard. Yep. And there was an accident. So we were literally sitting in the Lincoln Tunnel for an hour and a half. People do that every single day of their life. I have no clue how. But we get in there. So now I have to think of what question I'm going to ask Gary V. So I, I had no idea. I was like, what advice am I going to ask him for? We finally get to his, de- his uh, building. Front desk lady makes us go stand in the corner because we were in the way. How was VaynerMedia? Nice. It's in a building with other stuff. It oh. is very fucking nice, though. We, we were nice. mind blown with yeah. how nice he is. This corner office that's got this whole view. It's very, 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 very nice. But the building itself is run by a bunch of fucking assholes. Right. We go into the lobby and we're just like we have no idea where to go. So this lady at the is being she I, we thought was being very nice. Right. We're like we're here to see Gary V. She's like, oh, okay, is somebody coming down to get you? We're like, uh, yeah, I think we'll text him. Okay, sounds good. And there's nobody else in the lobby except for us. Just us. Huge lobby. Huge lobby. Biggest. One of the biggest lobbies I've ever seen. You need to go stand over there out of the way. <laughs> and we're like, out of the way of what? Just, over there. So we go stand in the corner, basically in the corner. Yep. So we text Gary V's assistant. He tells us we just need to check in with the lady. So now we have to go back, check in. Now we check in. Yeah, yeah. We get our whole thing. Foxy gets his bag thing. And they don't tell us where to go. They don't tell us. We have no clue where to go. So... She, he said he heard five, right? He heard Foxy said he heard five, right. something about a five. So we go into the the elevators. There's no other option except for forty five and to fifty. <laughs> so we go up to the forty fifth floor. Obviously forty five. Yeah, yeah. We go all the way up. We get up there. It's just some like cafe. It's very nice. We're just moseying, around, literally just walking around. Go to the bathroom because we almost pissed our pants. So it was bad. Bad situation through the Lincoln Tunnel. We go to the bathroom yeah. up there. So then I send a text to the assistant. I'm like, "Where are you guys?" And they're like, "Floor 25." I'm like, "We didn't even have that option." So we had to Wrong go back down. Uh, yeah, we had to go elevator bank. Yeah, we go to the next one. Nope, only the 30s. Then we had to go to the next elevator bank on the other side of the building, up to 25. Now we're 15, 20 minutes late to this meeting with Gary V. <laughs> So we go in to the Vayner Media. We get walk into his desk, and this is how long the whole conversation was. Did Tyler tell you my issue? Yeah, you're gonna be quick, right? Like, I gotta run into this. I got a little bit of a fire. Well, talk to me. Okay, so a thank you for taking time. B boss shit you got going on right here, Gary. Pretty amazing uh, <laughs> scene, right? Yeah, I was up in the 45th floor of this place because I thought the lady said 45. <laughs> so we were in a complete different. Okay, so I'm releasing the greatest comedic sports documentary in history next Wednesday. Okay? Amazing. It's me playing professional baseball. For the first time in my life playing baseball, mic'd up the entire time, my friends commentating. It's a good thing. Alongside of that, we're releasing every time you buy a documentary, you enter into a raffle. In the raffle, we have 
two Super Bowl tickets, two World Series tickets, two WrestleMania tickets. How much is the uh, doc? Three thirty-three pre-order, five bucks release. Love it. It's gonna be on what iTunes? PatMcAfeeShow.com. I understand. That's an OTT. I'm not sure what that means. Uh, over the top, on top of the internet. Meaning, I put in my credit card right there and I watch it right there. Yes, it's, it's not there. Netflix. It's not. Yes. How much is too much of pushing it? Like, do people get that was my sick advice. of it? How much is too much? No, I think you haven't had to push, so you've built up an audience for a long time. Where I think you're like, I think you make a fun Instagram post, right? I'm be like, yo, for the next week, I'm Colin McGregor, I'm Floyd Mayweather, I'm Vince McMahon, I'm Macho Man Randy Savage. Yeah, I'm promoting my thing. Yeah. So like, cool. Like, so they know it's enjoy, coming. Yeah. Be like, enjoy promotional pat. Because I'm gonna push it. I want you guys to see it. It's fucking worth it. And I felt like it's such a douche that I had to push it. I had to make these raffles for you fuckers too. Got it. Own it. Got it. Like Own when it. I do my book and sneaker, I'm like, yo, jab, 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 right hook. Like I'm in right hook mode. Like mm-hmm. all that shit I do for free, better than everybody, all the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. And this is I'm throwing my right. And but I'll give you a real good piece of advice, which is just true. For free. As long as you let your audience know that you don't expect them to buy, that you appreciate them to consider to buy, that's the whole relationship. The whole relationship is like, yo, I've been doing a lot of this stuff, I have an audience. Like you guys know what's going on with me, I'm on my own now, like I'm proud of the machine supporting me. Like I made this rad thing, I think it's super worth three dollars and thirty three cents, I think it's worth five bucks. I also fucking love the fact that some of you are going to WrestleMania in the World Series because you bought it, because I want to do this. Like, I'd appreciate you consider this if I've ever brought you value, and if not, no big deal, next thing you might like, boom, boom, boom. You see what I mean? Yeah, it's an that, authentic relationship. Because then it's not an awkward situation That's where I'm like, hey, you should buy this. It's more it's like, a, hey, I'd if like, you want. I'd like you to really consider this so that I can Think keep doing my thing, but if you don't want to watch it, like, fuck me, don't buy it. That being said, if you're a gambler like me and you want to buy it just because you want a chance to go to fucking that's what I think it's the greatest raffle in history. I think you it. just own it. You have a real audience. People fuck with you. Just tell them the truth. All right, I appreciate you, buddy. And and send me send me text with the links when you. So is the is it up now? Are you going no, now? It's over seven. Good. So like as soon as you start promoting, send it to me. I'll give love. It's good. Feel good, by the way. I feel good. This office is dope, buddy. We need to really hang. I hate that I have to run to this and it's rushed. Let's well, I was uh, in the Lincoln Tunnel for 45 minutes, so fuck. Yeah, um, <laughs> but how often are you here? Very rare. This city's the worst. How the fuck do you hate New York, right? I hate it. I stepped in a human's feces the other day. What yeah, but what do you have in, the, in <laughs> Indianapolis? Uh, peace of mind, uh, no traffic, a uh, lot of land, uh, big house. That's about it. Four shitty things. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you, dude. And that's how it ended. <laughs> so big oh. thanks to Gary V. So I'm going to be calling McGregor. I'm <laughs> I'm setting the over under at three hundred for the amount of times I say I'm in right hook mode. For the next, <laughs> the next month. I enjoy the first thing you said when you sit down in this important meeting with Gary. Boss shit, dude. <laughs> if you Foxy's gonna put a whole video together yeah. of yesterday, he videotaped everything. That was from a cell phone video, by the way, that Foxy was taking because yep. we were trying to film everything without people knowing that we're filming because it's awkward. You yelled at every building you walked everywhere. Into. No, that lady that told us to go stand in the corner also no filming like five times immediately. Yeah, you got Gary V upstairs who films everything. Do you know that? I don't know if you know. There's a guy, <laughs> but Gary V, good advice. I appreciate it. Yeah. It was very nice of him to take the time, but he had to go put a fire out. Because I, I think being up front with like, hey, I'm going to promote the fuck out of this, 
is the right thing to do. I'm going to let you know that even if you don't like me, mm -hmm. which is cool with me, I'm not for everybody, mm -hmm. you should at least enter this raffle for $3.33. Maybe a $5 raffle, and you could win. Shout out SeatGeek, by the way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sims and Lefko, which I also stopped by, Bleacher Report. I did this whole plug, you know. Mm -hmm. I said two good Super Bowl tickets, two good World Series tickets, two good WrestleMania tickets. And Sims goes, good, not great? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like well, we don't know what they are yet. I don't want to – also, I think there's some legality where somebody could potentially come after. These are good. They're good. They're good tickets. And SeatGeek said they'll be very, very good tickets. You're not touching the ceiling of the arena. You're, you're in the game. Yeah. Yeah. EA Sports. Promise that. We can, <laughs> I think we could make. Uh, and people, I don't know if we legal. We, we can make the promise that you won't be touching the ceiling of the arena. We can. We can definitely okay, make good. that promise. Okay, we can make that sure. promise that you will not be in the upper tier. You will not be in the upper bowl. You'll be in the lower bowl of all these events. That's, Great stadium too. Falcons. That's in Atlanta. Oh yeah, you're gonna want to go to that Super Bowl, and I've no, who knows where the World Series will be, obviously. But WrestleMania is, I think, at MetLife. Yep. I believe is at oh, MetLife Stadium. Outdoors. Yeah, it's going to be an incredible. Isn't it MetLife? I think it I is. Think I thought that's is, what we yeah. talked about. Oh, boy. They did. We'll get you a jacket, too. From <laughs> <laughs> but it's WrestleMania. It's WrestleMania, though. So I'm very excited for this documentary to go. But I go to the Bleach Report. So we go Gary V for five minutes, literally chat with him. Then we stop by uh, my agent, CA. I got people. We sit by there. We talk for an hour and a half about everything. Basically, Pat, what are you thinking about doing? And I learned that if you don't have an agent, you're fucked. Mm -hmm. That's what I learned yesterday. I just learned that if you don't, there's a reason why it's not about what you know. It's about who you know in every industry, they say. I've always prided myself on being a very independent operator. Mm -hmm. I'll put my numbers up against anybody that has an agent. I'll put my numbers up against anybody on the Internet. While you mainstream, uh, main network people on these Twitter purges are losing half your followers, mine are still growing. I, put, I have a lot of pride in that. A lot, a lot of pride in that. With that being said... I get considered for nothing that <laughs> is like mainstream or in the networks or anything that I'd be probably good at. I get considered for nothing of it. And I've always held a very hard grudge against all these networks that never hire. I mean, you know, fuck you, ESPN. You don't want go to hell then. Like when I was coming out, when I was coming out of the league, Barstool was the only place that offered me anything. And there was a guy who was saying he was my agent, sending out feelers, nobody wanting. I was like, fuck everybody then, if that's the case. But it turns out that if you don't have an agent, you have no chance yeah. anywhere. And that's what we learned yesterday. Exactly. Yeah, you can see now, like, they're so busy, places like that, sifting through and sorting through yeah. the people that all these agents are pitching at them. They don't have time to think about an independent. No, they have no. You know and, I mean? and there's also those, these agents. That's why I'm very lucky I signed with the people that I signed with. See, I guess they're very, very important. Mm. They know everyone. Hey, a lot of name drop. I'm not a big name dropping guy. Normally, when people start name dropping, that's why anytime a name drop happens, you hear me go. <laughs> Into the microphone. <laughs> I don't love name droppers, but but when you're talking to an agent and they just start name dropping all the people that they've done work for, it was the first time in my life. I actually had a full conversation in my head. You know, one of those situations where it's like in my head, I'm like, oh, I fucking hate that they're dropping names like this. And then I start listening to what they're saying. I'm like, oh, these people have worked with some pretty big motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah. When you walked in there, did you feel like Vinny Chase, like going like, oh yeah, Eric Gold? there was a couple, Arnold. there was a couple entourage references I made for sure. But <laughs> we walked around the entire office. I met Joel Embiid's agent. I met uh, Aaron Rodgers' agent. I met all these people, and I was just like, 
Yeah, it all makes sense why I never got a fucking job. We got these people <laughs> just battling. Tell me, you, you, did you make a money joke to Aaron Rodgers, like how much he just got paid? The agent just got paid off that deal. I did talk about hundred. I, I mentioned a hundred million dollars uh, guaranteed somewhere in there, but it was just. Does he look anything like the guy that plays his agent on the State Farm commercial? No, he doesn't. Yeah. He's actually this older gentleman, uh, white guy, doesn't, and he's got slick back hair. Obviously, mm-hmm. he looked good. He's a, a attractive older man, but he's got this corner office. Obviously. It's yeah, yeah. all roads led back to this guy's office. <laughs> very nice. All his ro- feet up on the desk. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. It was. He was. But they're all very nice to us. Yeah, they're awesome. Very, very nice to us. And then we get in this meeting, and there's this this lady who reps all these production companies. So now TV show ideas, which I got a bunch of them. I got a bunch of TV show mm-hmm. ideas for everybody, not just for myself, but for everybody. They're like, what, what's your plan? I'm like, well, I'd like to do that. I want to bring back Minute to Win It. You ever heard of that game? I want to bring back Minute to Win It. I think it will crush it these moments. I'd like to host it. I'd like to do that. They're like, okay. The lady starts writing it down. And then she's like, uh, anything? Else? What if shows are being offered up? Can we put your name in to host them if they're not your idea? I'm like, absolutely. <laughs> she's like, all right, there's a couple of main networks that have some game shows coming up. Would you mind if we put your name in there? I'm like, go ahead and put my fucking name in there. They're like, they're like, well, these production companies, they always ask for J.J. Watt. So when J.J. doesn't do them, we'll just send your name in there. I'm like, <laughs> I will take J.J. Watt's secondhand faller downers, his scrubs, anything like all, any day of the week, by the way. I will take any. They're like, okay, sounds good. And they're like, uh, okay, you, guy with the camera, um, do you have a sizzle reel for him? And Fox is like, nope. Nope. Uh, do you have a template, a designer template? I had no idea what that meant. Do you have a designer template? And Foxy's like, nope. Uh, do you have any clips at all, highlights of him? And Foxy's like, we have them, yeah, but not sorted. And they're like, okay, do you do anything? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just sitting there. I'm like, fucking unbelievable, Foxy. And the other agents that I've done some work with, they traveled out here to the office two times. Mm-hmm. There are guys, I would consider them friends at this point now, by the way. They seem like they have my best interest because if they have my best interest, they make a lot of money too. So they, it's, I very much understand this is a money-driven relationship, but I'm okay with that. These guys. So everything, everybody in the room basically just started piling on Foxy. Like, what the fuck do you do? <laughs> Is that your next project? Uh, yeah, it's my next project. I was like, in my defense, we have not needed a reel up until this point because we were working at Barstool, so it didn't, we didn't need one. Oh, uh, yeah. See, I learned that we probably did, by the way. Well, <laughs> you should always have a rainy day fund. I guess you're right. I'll tell you what. These people, though, these super important people, though, just looking at Foxy. <laughs> what the fuck do you do? I was fucking helping. What were you wearing? <laughs> he was sitting there. What were you wearing, Foxy? He had a polo on. Yeah, oh, okay, right. nice. He had a polo on. There he looked go. pretty good, but he was sitting on his couch, like, all by himself, basically, and I was sitting on a lone chair, and then everybody was just staring at him for a minute. I saw him start to sweat. <laughs> I'm just thinking of Foxy in his head. He's like, I'm sitting in the CAA building. Yeah. It's just, uh, this is pretty cool. Some pretty fucking big-time players in this room right now. Mm-hmm. And everybody's staring at me, just piling on me right now. And obviously, I had to jump in. So I, he went to Michigan State. I mean, what do you want from me? <laughs> and then that led into a whole other conversation. He just started getting dumped on and dumped on. It was wild. And they kind of felt bad bringing up like production companies because they're like, your work's great. Don't get me wrong. But it would be in Pat's best interest to get him a part of these. <laughs> and I'm tough. like, guys, I literally said, I get it. I get it. It was okay. very tough. It was very tough. It was Foxy had a rough 20 minutes in there. It was about 20 minutes of them just like trying to talk around Foxy. <laughs> yeah, they really were. It was, and I was like, Foxy and I both, I had to stop it actually and say, <laughs> we both get it that we might have to work yes. with production companies. That's completely okay with us just for future reference. And they're like, okay. I'm like, Foxy would just be there basically making the vlog. 
behind the scenes, mm-hmm. by the way. And they're like, okay, that's really good to know. And then the conversation completely shifted to, <laughs> we have this show, this show. <laughs> it was, it was really pretty, did. it was, I was, I was loving. Because Foxy's got thick skin. I mean, you kind of have to to work here. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think we all kind of take shots at each other. Yeah. There was one soft bitch that worked here for a while. He's gone. But it was just, it was one of those situations where Foxy was just getting crushed for 20 minutes. And instead of being the boss that like feels bad for him, I was just like dying laughing because who gives a fuck? No, not at all. I was just glad to be there, to be honest. Nobody gives a fuck. Tough spot, but I don't think anybody here, Pat, especially, thought you were going to remake Family Feud. <laughs> <laughs> hey, see, I, I don't know how dumb you think we yeah. are. Yeah, well, I, I know Foxy isn't making minute to win it right now. We very much understand that. And then you went to Bleacher Report after that. Then we go to Bleacher Report right after that. Dude. Well, we go to get lunch first of all, and no, I can't. We go to lunch. <laughs> hilarious stories are shared there, and I'm just dying laughing. And that lunch is where I realized that you have to know people to get any job. Mm. By the way, that was at that lunch. Sure. That's where everybody was kind of more casual. There was a lot of <laughs> fucking just stories being told, and I'm like, holy fuck, this is really. It makes sense now. It makes sense now why I'm just I've only lived on Pat McAfee Show Twitter and Pat McAfee Show Internet. That's it. It makes 100. percent So then we go to Bleacher Report. We hop in a taxi. I get car sick. Yeah. This guy was a lunatic. Oh, yeah, I, yeah. I can't do back of cars. I think everybody has known. I don't do riding well. I always drive. I even Uber. I'll get an Uber, and I'll ask the guy if I can drive. They'll get in a passenger seat. It's just the way it go. I get in Zito's car. I drive. I get in Nick's car. I drive. It's literally just, it's, <laughs> it's why I can't, I can't ride because I get car sick. And in the back of those taxis in New York City, I was sweating. My mouth was sweating. I almost puked a couple times. So you get car sick because you have no control of the car, essentially? No, no I think it's, it's, it's I think I get car sick. He's yeah. just whipping around. I think I get car oh, sick. But gotcha. when I'm driving, I don't. I don't know why. Maybe I You're don't. You're dialed in. The last time we were in New York, uh, the Uber driver was going 90 through. Oh, my God. It was terrifying. Square. That's what our guy was doing yesterday. Oh, yeah. Our guy was doing yesterday and trying to tell jokes while doing it and didn't speak English. <laughs> it was. I was starting to sweat, though. Mm-hmm. So we get there Two minutes before we're supposed to go on air with Sims and Lefko. And we arrive, and I'm sweating. I have to piss again. It's just I'm in a bad spot. They come down. You have to check in to get into any building. We go out to Bleacher Report, and I have never seen a nicer office in my entire life. Mm. Never in my entire life have I seen a nicer office. In the middle of Manhattan, Mm -hmm. middle, debt. Probably the most expensive like real estate. TNT money. Yeah. TNT, Turner, Turner money Turner is money. a real thing. It's a bigger office than this one. Yep. It's a nicer office than this one. It's the nicest office. I've, they have a basketball court in there. Mm-hmm. It's the nicest office I've ever seen in my entire life. We did an internet show, Sims and Lefko. There was four cameras, yep. six interns, so, uh, four camera people, two makeup artists for an internet show. And I, I, I took 10 minutes commenting about how much, <laughs> how much money was spent on this production of this internet show. And they're like, yeah, yeah, this is how it is. And you walk around the office and everything is just pristine. Everything is high level. Bleacher Report, they got the Tiger Woods, Phil Mickelson thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, it makes a lot of sense. <laughs> they, I don't know how much money they're making over there. But they got a big bank behind them. And not a single person has to use our sponsor, Upstart. Upstart (laughs) has revolutionized how we borrow money by going beyond the traditional FICO score to offer personal loans, taking into account factors like job experience and education when determining your interest rate. It's quick and easy. Checking your Upstart rate is free and has no effect on your credit score. Your Upstart rate check just takes two minutes. And if you are approved, you can get your funds as soon as the next business day. Bleacher Report ain't, ain't borrowing no money. No. <laughs> they got all the money. Probably the best office in New York. 
I would say that. That's that a bold statement, too. Now, you got to remember, it every, was incredible. Every building in New York is old. All the shit is old normally, mm-hmm. and and this is this might be me living in a very small world, but Same. I feel like I've been in a lot of buildings in New York, either to pee or to puke after with Mark Henry. <laughs> They're all old. Everything's old. Yeah, you think L.A., you think nice, crisp, clean, showy, and then you, New York, you think Gotham, like it's very dark yeah, exactly. and old architecture. You got the um the th- the things outside that cover uh, scaffolding. The scaffolding covering, mm-hmm. it, not because they're building, it's because the They're building always, is falling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's falling, actually, not building. It's because shit's falling on you. And you walk into this Bleacher Report building, and it was the nicest office I've ever seen in my... Uh, nicest office I've ever been in in my entire life. Every so cool. single inch of it was just... Not, I'm like, oh. How about the basketball court? Big ceiling for that? Uh, they got a high ceiling. Yeah, it was, it was only a three-point arc, though. Yeah. It was only a three-point arc, so it wasn't a full court. It was in the back corner. Yeah. But it's the nicest office I've ever seen. For sure. Full sports bar up there. What? Oh, mm. I love that. It's... It's outrageous. It is absolutely outrageous. That has to be what five million a month. How much they're paying for that? Can't rent. imagine. Just rent there, let alone the three hundred humans they got working inside of it. Just it was, it was absurd. Mm-hmm. It was the nicest, nicest office I've ever been in my entire life. Mm-hmm. Good for them. Wow, <laughs> you got a lot of cake. <laughs> I think I did pretty well in there too. The show? I think so. Oh, you did. I didn't enjoy. I didn't enjoy Sims before meeting him. Right. Mm-hmm. Sims is kind of a guy that he doesn't want people to like him. I don't think he's kind of like one of them Skip Baylesses almost. Like kind of comes off as that's what he is. I think he comes off though as a snob almost, right? Kind of yeah, snobby, snobby, nerdy. Like I called him a nerd. Yeah, he well, didn't he like is. it. He I is. called him a nerd. He did not enjoy it. Right? <laughs> I did call him a nerd on the air. But after meeting him, I think he's a really cool guy. Agreed. Just for future reference, I think he's a very cool guy. I think I will fall. I, not that I was ever on the hater of Chris Sims train after meeting him I will never be a hater of Chris Sims I think he was very I think he was cool to meet I understand his character might be one that is hateable Mm -hmm. right I think he has a hateable character maybe that he plays on TV but I like Chris Sims as a person Mm -hmm. and his boy Lefko hilarious yeah he was big fan of that Lefko is he the guy who was in the video with McVeigh yep Yep. absolutely uh you can pay for just about anything with your Upstart loans. <laughs> when you're approved for the personal loan with Upstart, the funds are yours and yours alone. Use them to pay off credit cards, consolidate debt, maybe gambling debts, eliminate student debt, and even make a large purchase. The choice is yours. That's because Upstart goes beyond the traditional FICO score when assessing your credit worthiness. Yep, they actually reward you based on your education and your job history in the form of a smarter interest rate. Two minutes is all it takes. Checking your Upstart rate is always free and won't affect your credit. The best part, once you approve loans next day, over 100,000 people have used Upstart to pay off credit cards, fund their wedding, or simply make a large purchase. Now, it's your turn. Hurry to upstart.com slash heartland to find out how low your upstart rate is. Checking your rate only takes two minutes and won't affect your credit. That's upstart.com slash heartland. Shout out to Upstart. Mm -hmm. So Bleacher Report was dope. Mm -hmm. I just saw pictures. That's very, very nice. It's incredible. (laughs) It's so nice. I'm not one that gets mesmerized easily, I don't think, Mm -hmm. because I've got a chance to do a lot of very cool things. I walked into that office because... now. Granted, every place I go, I compare to this fantasy factory, right? Mm-hmm. So I compare everywhere to where I work at on a daily basis, the place that I built, basically. So I, com- I compare everything to us with 30-foot ceilings and a basketball court, half court, by the oh, way, Bleacher Report. This TV wall is pretty cool. <laughs> Dude, th- that is just such a small little part of it. It is. I walked in there, though, and was like, oh, if I had this place, I would be very excited. This is awesome. 
I assume there's people that just sleep there and they don't even know it. I assume there's Bleacher Report employees that sleep there all day and they don't even know it. I fucking loved it. So we leave Bleacher Report and then we have to go to Sports Illustrated now. Sports Illustrated, by the way, is on the southern tip of Manhattan. Oh. So it was a 45-minute taxi ride. So now we got to get back in one of them death mobiles. Uh-huh. And I was, <laughs> here I am, sick again. Um, we're bobbing, weaving. We get down to Sports Illustrated. We got to check in. Foxy makes an ass out of himself again to check in. He's having, I was a mess. He's having a rough day. Because they check everybody's bags before you go in yeah. anywhere. Mm-hmm. And there was a huge sign that said, please enter here for bag check. Wasn't huge. Fo- huge. Foxy's standing... Doing a full spin in a circle asking where to go. And the fucking guy at the front desk is like, sir, sir, s- sir, right fucking next to you. And he like looks and goes, oh, I didn't even see you. <laughs> walks in, walks out. Foxy's just getting crushed now by the Sports Illustrated people. Yep. We go into the Sports Illustrated office now. They're charging five bucks a month for people to watch the Sports Illustrated stuff. Premium content. SI now or whatever, mm-hmm. which I did not know until we got in there. They have never paid for air conditioning with that fucking money that people are paying. <laughs> What's up with that? 300 degrees in that office. Yeah. I'm sweating my dick off at this point. But they have probably $400,000 worth of lights mm-hmm. in their in their ceiling of their thing. They have five cameras that are run on remotes. You know, those remote robotic yeah, yeah, cameras wow. all in one little studio, tiny little studio. Yep. I'm like, man, you be, this is an internet show? And they're like, yeah, what's your setup like? I'm like, uh, we got a cell phone. <laughs> we got two sticks and an HDMI cord. It's wild the amount of money these big old money yeah, people yeah. are spending on the modern on internet, internet stuff. Yeah. It was crazy. So we hop in a plane, fly back here this morning. We're off and running, and I can't wait for just the world that... I potentially could be getting baptized in. Let me ask you this, because uh, it seems like a lot of the people that are in the industry you're being exposed to now are kind of like, what took you so long? Why'd you wait so long or whatever? Are you happy with the timing? Because there's an old saying, don't be in a hurry to fail. And Ooh. the list of people that as soon as they got a little bit of heat, the industry grabbed them up and spread them out too early and they failed is much longer than the amount of people who succeeded. So you, I would put you in that position of you're one of those people that are doing it when you're almost too good already to be doing it, which is a good spot. So I think I'm prepared. Mm-hmm. So if that makes sense, I think I'm prepared for it. Any situation, whenever I was younger and I thought I was, like when I had 100,000 followers, I thought I was a monster, right? And that's because I was looking around the NFL mm-hmm. at what other people had. That was before everybody was on Twitter. And I had more followers or the same amount of followers as some big name people with zero pub from ESPN or anybody else. Right. So I thought I was a monster. Then I started doing radio and I thought I was hilarious, mm-hmm. right? I thought I was very good. And then you just start realizing like, ah, I'm not that good. Like as you get older, you're like, oh, I wasn't that good then. I've had a chance to have to take pictures everywhere I go in Indianapolis, so I'm not going to get to the point where I become a gigantic douchebag whenever people start asking for photos, hopefully. If I become a monster. This is all if I become a monster. Hopefully it does, by the way. Mm-hmm. And I also think that I have a group of people who have supported me, which are my followers mm-hmm. on either yep. Twitter or this. I think I have a group of people who have supported me that I'm going to enjoy the ride with. Right. So I think it's a lot bigger deal whenever you're with a group of people, because it's like yesterday, if I would have started posting videos that I was with this or with Bleacher Report, my followers would have blew up Bleacher Report. Like Matt Hasselbeck did a for the brand thing last night on ESPN, Mm -hmm. and he got more mentions for that than anything he's ever done. The people that I fuck that fuck with me are the greatest group of humans on earth. And I think I'm just prepared for it all now. So like, for instance, on Sunday, I think I'm sitting in a pretty big network's 
office and watching football with them all day Sunday. A very large network. I'm going to be in Los Angeles. I'm sitting with them all day, and it's like I think I won't make an ass of myself. It'll be awesome. Right. If that makes sense. I think I'm at the point where I won't make an ass of myself. Where earlier in my career, I probably, or in my life, (laughs) I probably would have made an ass out of myself. So now I I just feel like I'm prepared for things. I'm very very comfortable. I know who I am now. I know what I'm not. I know where I should stay away from when I'm talking. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, yeah, if I bring this up, I'm going to look like an idiot. I know nothing about that. It's. I feel like I'm in a really good spot. Mm -hmm. I feel very comfortable and confident. I think it's important because you have it takes a while for people i think celebrity wise or entertainment wise to actually find themselves who they are and that's when they things start clicking because then they truly find uh how people can best enjoy them so for instance moro ronaldo mm-hmm. right the bipolar rock and roller mm-hmm. the announcer for nxt bellator the mayweather mcgregor fight whenever i'm doing the nxt pre-shows he listens and watches right and afterwards, he comes up and talks to me. Now, Michael Cole is my boss, mm-hmm. right, when I'm there. Michael Cole is the guy I report to. Michael Cole always tells me, you just be you, man. All he wants you to do is be you. Always tells me congratulations and stuff like that. And he says, I love your brand, everything about you. I, very nice. He'll, mm-hmm. he'll tell me some things like, hey, maybe stay away from this next time. That's not really a good thing for us to talk about or whatever. You know what I mean? Right. But Moro Ronaldo came up to me and he said, when you were talking up there, I wrote a note down to tell other people that you know who you are. And I was like, uh, I was like, yeah, yeah. I've been with me for 31 years. <laughs> he was like, no, no, no. Whenever you get into a microphone or into a situation, you know exactly who you are. He said, there's a lot of people that are trying to figure out who they're supposed to be whenever yeah. they get on TV or on a microphone. He said, you are always you. He said, I listen to your podcast. I watch you in videos. You are always you. And he said, that is something I think, and it was a huge compliment from Moro Renault. It made me feel very good. Actually. Yeah, because otherwise you sound, people sound Fake. disingenuous. Yeah. Yeah. Fake. Because like, they're not, it's not the true them. And he asked me why I think it is. And I think it's because I got humbled so hard in my life. <laughs> I think I've been humbled so hard. I've been at the, whenever I got arrested and I became a national punchline for everybody, that was the moment I think I was like, well, people are going to hate me regardless. Let's just fucking do it. And I'm very lucky that I, I made that decision to just be like, fuck everybody. You either like, and this is with all due respect to everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck everyone. <laughs> that really is, though. If you don't like me, you don't like me. That's why I always say people aren't, some people are, aren't for, like, I'm not for everybody. I, and I honestly give no fucks. Like, if you don't like me, I don't care. And it's just, it's a pretty, it's a pretty freeing feeling that's, to deal with. That's why I think the, like, a main benefit of being in a locker room for so long is, too, because if you're not yourself, you're going to get fucking oh, dogged yeah. on hard. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, like, 100%. that's one of the main, like, that's why I always, like, if, if you play a team sport, like, it set you up for life so much better than if you did not. You learn so much, not only in the discipline of practice Mm -hmm. and the pain that it takes. losing, Working while tired, by the way. There's Mm -hmm. something that if you're not a part of a team sport or a sport in general, you don't have a clue about. We had some interns here that were tired and couldn't work, and I was was trying to figure out why, and it was like, oh, you never played a sport before, Mm -hmm. so you have no clue what it's like to actually work while you're tired. Not that it's only sports athletes that have it. That is a gene that does transcend past just Mm -hmm. athletes, but that is something I think sports do teach you, is the ability to work. And I think, Todd, you might have helped me realize that, where it's like sports are something that teach people a lot of different lessons. Yeah, I always encourage everyone to get their kids involved in sports, because even if they're not Tip good. I mean, they the the lesson learned is invaluable. Yeah, you know what I mean. Work ethic, how to 
help others around you mm-hmm. Oh, fuck, it was when we were making my stand-up thing. That's yes. exactly what it was. Yep. And Todd, right. Todd and I, we had a full mm-hmm. conversation. I had a stand-up special where we had an editor who was just dropping the ball. It was like, we only had a, a week and a half, really, to make this thing, yeah. which, by the way... The agents learning about how I operate is very hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. By the way, I'm coming uh, coming to New York City on Monday. Yeah, I'm going to be there for about eight hours, so I need you guys to make things happen. This upcoming Monday? Yeah, yeah, two days from now. I'm coming to New York. Do you want... Uh, oh, it's going to be tough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to... And then they text me on Sunday the night before I go. They're like, is, is Bleacher Report and Sports Illustrated meeting with us and Gary Vee enough? Is that worth the trip? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's much more than I thought we were going to get. They're like, you know, you give us about a week in advance, we could probably help out a lot. I'm like, that, that ain't how this, this whole thing goes down, by the way. But that was very much... And in, in you really pointed out, you're like, sports teach people it's, different things. It really does. It's, it's very... It is nice. It is very freeing, though, to walk in any situation and feel very good about what you're going to do, what you're going to uh-huh. say, mm-hmm. and believe everything you say, too, by the way. So everything I say, I am. if I was to be put on the railroad tracks and say, why did you say this? I'd be like, yeah, it's how I fucking feel. What do you want from me? <laughs> yeah. There's never like going to be something that's held over my head. And you learn how to take criticism, yep. all, these, all these things to, yep. to, to, yeah, make, the, to make the you know the team better. Yep. Uh, you, I, the other thing is about not realizing who you are and getting blown up too early. I think that's a, a big reason why a lot of child stars don't make it to the second phase of their career. Because of life either. Most they're, of yeah, they're, they just spend the, their adulthood trying to still be that fake version of themselves or whatever they were you know, when they hit it big. Yep. And they never got to discover who they really are. Or they don't, and people don't like them for that. Yeah, you know what I mean. Or yeah. they try and be themselves. themselves, and it's not what people thought they were, and yeah. they don't like it. Yeah. yeah. So you shouldn't be exposed until you've already figured that out. I think. Yeah, I think I'm just ready. Mm-hmm. I honestly do. I think I'm just ready for it. And if I fail, I fail. I can always kick a ball. There's a lot of leagues. <laughs> There's a lot of leagues out there. But I'm very thankful for all the people that follow along. I'm very lucky for you. Sure. We're an active gang here. Mm-hmm. We're an active group, and we're very, very thankful. Stick around to the end of the show, by the way. We have an incredible giveaway for you. Uh, it'll be awesome. Mm-hmm. After this interview with AQ Shipley, you're going to absolutely love, by the way. AQ's just, he's a real one. Mm-hmm. There, there's a guy. He's a real mm-hmm. one. You'll hear about that. <laughs> Robinhood is an investing app that lets you buy and sell stocks, ETFs, options, and cryptos all commission-free. Really? Wow. Wow. No we're big ETFs. Love it. Electronically traded funds. Oh. Dixie! <laughs> Dixie with the big brain. That one I do know. Big brain. They strive to make financial services work for everyone, not just the wealthy. That's what we're not about, by the way. I learned that in my meeting with CA. <laughs> they were looking at our analytics. I'm not huge in the big cities, <laughs> but right here in America, I am. I seem to do well in, which is awesome. And I actually had to say a couple of times, no offense to you. Uh, do you remember I was trying to use the word? No offense to you, uh, Coast. Uh, oh, I don't want to say this. Uh, you suits? No, it's not. Uh, you yuppies? I think it's, <laughs> is that the proper? You yuppies? Does that make sense to you guys? Mm-hmm. And they were like, "Yeah, yeah, no offense taken." By the way, we're we're here to work with you and your people, not yeah. our people. If if you're if our people aren't your people, we're we're okay mm-hmm. with that. And I was like, "Yeah, you agents are the best. I can just say whatever I want. <laughs> <laughs> I can just say whatever I want about you guys." But it was true though. I learned it's. But Robinhood is trying to take care of everybody. Non-intimidating way for stock market newcomers to invest for the first time with true confidence. I'm going to become a day trader. It's simple and intuitive, clear design with data presented in an easy-to-digest way. There's no commission fees. Other brokerages charge up to $10 for every single trade, but Mm -hmm. Robinhood doesn't charge commission fees, trade stocks, and keep all of your profits. 
It's incredible. Mm -hmm. Robin Hood. You know what we're going to do in this? We're going to steal from the rich, and we're going to give to us. (laughs) (laughs) And us being you. It's easy to understand charts and market data. Place a trade in just four taps on your smartphone. (laughs) Robin Hood web platform also lets you view stock collections. 100 most popular sectors like entertainment and social media and curated categories like female CEOs. And analyst ratings of buy, hold, sell for every stock. See that? Wow. Need that. It's incredible. Robinhood is giving listeners of this show a free stock life Apple, Ford, or Sprint to help build your portfolio. Really? I, I don't think I know what that means, but that's a pretty big deal. Wait, there, did they it? say free stock in Apple? Robinhood is giving listeners of this show a free stock like Apple, Ford, or Sprint to help build your portfolio. Apple, Ford, or Sprint. I don't know what stock like is. Uh, yeah, I think there's supposed to be a comma, probably. Robinhood is giving listeners a free stock. Oh. Like Apple, Ford, or Sprint to help build your portfolio. Such as. That's pretty big. Yes. Pretty big Sign up at McAfee, M-C-A-F-E-E, dot Robinhood.com. That's McAfee dot Robinhood.com. I don't know if what we just said was accurate, but I am definitely going to sign up for a free stock. <laughs> I, I have up. no clue what we're getting, but we're getting something free. I mean, Apple's uh, trading right now at 230 bucks. McAfee.robinhood.com. That's McAfee.robinhood.com. Let's become day traders. Let's do that. Let's start becoming a little stockers. I mean, might as well. No commission fees there? And you keep all the money you make? What are they doing? How are they making money? Interesting. It can't be. <laughs> it's not our fault, though. It's, it's, it's their fault that they're not mm-hmm. making any money. McAfee.robinhood.com. Can't wait to get a part of that. Very thankful to them. Ladies and gentlemen, good friend of mine. Joining us now, friend of mine, friend of the show, he was the starting center for the Arizona Cardinals. Then his ACL said, nah, dog. So then he got a one-year extension with the Cardinals. He's a 10-year NFL vet from the Sheeple University, Penn State, A.Q. Shipley. I mean, these intros get better and better every every time. <laughs> uh, I appreciate that. Let's go ahead and talk about something that you probably don't want to talk about. Let's say it's fourth and five. <laughs> fourth and five. You're at home in Happy Valley. The most wild atmosphere I think I've ever seen in sports. Kirk Herbstreit actually called it the most insane college environment when Ohio State is in Penn State with that whiteout on earth. You're in the game. You got a... A quarterback that has an incredible track record of making plays happen, and you decide to run a dive to lose the game in the biggest game of the year, your dreaded rival. How's that feel as a Penn State nit? Worst fucking call I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> How mad were you? Did you throw the remote? I'm not even kidding you. I mean, like, I, I was sitting there and I'm looking at the TV, and I, I was, I was. I, I didn't say anything for a second. Then I looked at the TV and I go, that's the fucking call. That is the fucking call. That is what we call on fourth and five. And then, and then to boot, to boot, my mother-in-law's in town. <laughs> and, and she's got a boy and she's got a boyfriend who his, his, his kids went to Ohio state. Oh. So, she she decides oh. to take the side to take the side of him and oh. is like cheering and I go don't you say another word to me <laughs> they come into your house AQ they come into your fucking I, house 
disrespect the level of disrespect. I mean, it's just unbelievable. How about James Franklin getting into it with the fans? After yeah, two? an atmosphere is so wild that the overgrown man-child of a coach can't handle it and tries to climb into the stands. You. you know, I didn't see that video. My sister told me about that yesterday. Apparently, it's pretty wild, huh? Yeah, it was. And then Security the fan, guards were like holding him back. The fans were just like, "Hey, wasn't a good call, coach." And then he was, he was like, "Oh, really, buddy?" Like, tried coming to the stands, and then the fans were like, "Oh, I get it. He was mad." James Franklin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you guys went right back to your yeah. cult. The guy, the guy. <laughs> it was a right, wild switch. It was, dude. But I, I think that Ohio State game means so much, huh? Like all year round, is that the thing that you guys are prepping for? Like, hey, we cannot lose to Ohio State. We can do this. We can do this. We can cover up pedophilia for two decades. We can do this. We, easy, we, easy. We cannot lose to Ohio State. Is that the thought in Penn State, though? Well, I mean, at the end of the day, if you look at the Big Ten, Big Ten has basically become a three-man, four-man race basically every year. And, and, and the level of competition between Penn State, Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State, Wisconsin, like those five teams, and then the rest of them are just bottom dwellers. Well, Iowa's pretty good. That's the way I look. We'll we'll go there. I mean, but at the end of the day, at the end of the day, you you play, and and half the time, you know, because they did this Big Ten East, Big Ten West thing, you don't play Wisconsin and Iowa. So basically, if if you win the Ohio State game every year, you're basically on the track to win the Big Ten. Okay, so it's not only is it a rivalry, a border rival, which is huge, which has been hyped up forever, a long time. It's also a fast track to a Big Ten championship, which in the end is all that matters. Exactly. How about exactly. how about losing Urban Meyer's first game back after just a terrible situation? Penn State could have really done some morality, <laughs> some good stuff for for the world, and they they let him down after three timeouts, fourth and five dive. They they. You're right. They could have. We just decided to just trick off a fucking eight point lead and go fourth and five dive calls. It's fucking awesome. <laughs> Were you at the Cardinals well, game this past weekend? Yeah, I went. How did you feel? I'll ask you about Earl Thomas flipping off the entire Seattle Seahawks bench here in a second. But how'd you feel about Rosen? Did he handle himself like a professional? How do the Arizona Cardinals fans and how do the uh, how's the building feel about the kid? Yeah, I mean the kid did. I mean he. he He's the future. I mean, there's no question about that. I mean, he went out, he showed some poise, he handled himself well. Um, Seattle's obviously known for having, obviously, Earl Thomas and Bobby Wagner, two of the best defensive players in the game. He went out and made big-time throws uh, on third down, on you know, in, in different different situations of the game. He had two big drops that could have, you know, made his numbers even a lot better um, and took us down in the fourth quarter, down, down – uh, down seven, ended up tying the game. So he, he showed he showed some promise, no question about it. Surprised a lot of you guys, you think? Uh, yeah, to be honest. I mean, you you look at rookie quarterback. It's so hard to come in because at the end of the day, like, you come in and in April and you get thrown into this fishbowl, and, and especially him, he's a top ten pick, and you're expected to do all this stuff, and then now he sits the first couple weeks and – I mean, regardless, I mean, I, I've been in that situation. Regardless of, like, how much you can prepare to be a starter, there's nothing that can prepare you instead of getting in the game. There's nothing um, that can do that. So, like, this was really his first kind of – his first start. He's got different feelings, different nerves, different everything rolling with him. And he went in against Seattle, which – if Seattle's not the same Seattle, I mean, I looked out there. Like, it, it, it was kind of mind-blowing because I looked out there and I'm like – I don't even know who fucking half these people are. Yep. Like, 
You look, you look at their defense from three years ago, and 10 of 11 or 9 of 11 aren't even on the field. I'm like, where did this team go? But Russell Wilson's day, contract. Russell Wilson's contract is where they want, by the way. That's what Richard Sherman got married this past offseason. I guess it was just a hate Russell Wilson fest. <laughs> which I, I mean, it makes sense because I tell people that all the time. People are like, man, why do the L.A. Rams have all this money? It's because Rookie. Jared Goff hasn't had a second contract yet. That's why. I've been so they can afford they can afford the Brandon Cooks, the Todd Gurley's, the Aaron Donalds, the Sues, all these people. In two years, when they up golf, they're gonna fall to shit. Hold on, hold on, AQ. I'm on. By the way, somebody on ESPN took my thing and ran with it. By the way, I am openly on the record stating that this is another recipe for a successful NFL team in the future. And this whole CPA raising the salary cap might end up coming back and killing. The quarterback market. It might end. Only the elites will survive. They'll build up a team around a young gun who's accurate. You have to have an offensive mind like McVay there, obviously. You have to have a good offensive mind. But I think they could bring. Now, granted, Jared Goff, very good quarterback. Let's not knock him at all. But there is a slew of guys who can throw footballs very accurately that don't have jobs in the NFL. And if you build an expensive, incredible team around him, I think these second contracts for players that are quarterbacks that are above average, I don't think they're average or bad. I think they're above average i think those things might disappear here in a little bit aq i think it might happen these super teams might start taking over i disagree why i agree completely why is that i just think i think the way the league is rolling i think you're gonna start seeing the way i see it is i think you're gonna start seeing five guys paid an extraordinary amount of money and everybody else basically making a million dollars or less on teams you think every team's gonna be like that I think every team is going to be like that. I think you're going to pay the shit out of a quarterback. I think that you're going to pay the shit out of a receiver. I think you're going to pay the shit out of a pass rusher, a corner, and an offensive lineman, so probably a left tackle. I think that's it. Five guys are going to control the whole cap, and then everybody else is going to be on a million dollar or less salaries. That's what happens? What happens if the Rams win the next two Super Bowls though on Jared Goff's this rookie contract, and everybody wants that juice or wants that recipe? What happens if that happens? At the end of the day, I mean, it's happened before. It's happened before where Seattle, Seattle did the same thing with Russell Wilson on a rookie deal, and then they still paid him a hundred fucking million dollars. And look what happened. So, yeah, I get that, but at the end of the day, that's that's just that's the way the market's going, the way the quarterback market's going. I mean, in five years, one hundred and fifty million deals are going to be two hundred million deals, and it's just going to just keep rising like that. That's just the way that's, that's the way the league's rolling. It's <laughs> like I said, like your plan, you need a GM with a hey, lot of balls to you're, be able to do that. You're you're actually talking about logic in the NFL. That's the funny <laughs> <thing I've heard. laughs> let's let's talk about logic. It seems as if the rules, AQ, are now. Granted, you're in rehab. You're rehabbing your knee right now. You rehab every day. I assume you're on your way to rehab right now at the Arizona Cardinals facility. Uh, I hope your rehab's going great. We all pull for your health of your knee for you to come back strong next year, Rosen's second year. Just for future reference, just so we get that on record. Thanks. No problem. Earl Thomas, Lev Bell, uh, both kind of held out. Then they, uh, the world made them feel bad. Uh, Earl Thomas thought he was going to go to a cowboy. Pete Carroll refuses to get rid of him. They don't pay him. He breaks his leg in your game. Le'Veon Bell sits out. He's doing very interesting things. He's at strip clubs during training camp videos of that. He's releasing uh, albums, having album release parties, basically telling all of Pittsburgh he'll fuck himself. That's either here or there, but he wants more money. With watching Earl Thomas's reaction to Seattle, do you think player holdouts are going to happen at a much higher rate these days? 
It should. At the end of the day, I mean, if you're if you're a top level talent, Earl Thomas is, in my opinion, I've gone against him ten times in the last five years. I mean, the guy is he, he's the present day best safety in the NFL. When it, when 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 you're watching film and you see him start on one side, he does he does the same shit Troy Polamalu does, except Ugh. at a higher level. To be honest, I mean, he really does. He Asshole. he disguises low and right on the line and he's over here showing like he's you know basically in the box and he ends up getting back to the deep third making an interception on the other side of the field there's nobody in the league that can do that so for him he deserves his money and in this situation in Lev Bell's situation all anybody wants if if you're going to sit there and risk everything by going out because at the end of the day it's not it's 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 not if you're going to get injured, it's when you get injured in this league. I, I used to, I used to be like, ah, it's bullshit. Cause I felt invincible for nine years. And then I've had three surgeries in the last 18 months. So it's like, you're inevitably going to get hurt at some point. So for, in their case, you know, all they want is that security. Like in, in Earl's case, he wanted that security to finish out his career. He wanted another three year deal and, and they, he wanted them to invest in him. So if they weren't going to invest in him, fuck them. You're not going to invest in me. I'm, I'm going to invest in myself and just not show up to work, not show up to practice, hold out, do all these things. But every every fan, they don't get that because all they care about is, oh, it's the, it's the, you know, fantasy's kind of ruined it because it's like, oh, this is my fantasy team. I got the Seattle defense or uh, I'm a fan of the Seahawks and this, that, and the other, or Lev Bell. And now, now, you know, God, I drafted him second overall in fantasy and shit. Now, now my team went to shit. It's like, bro, like, the, the contract the Steelers offered him was a five-year deal with basically a one-and-a-half-year guarantee. Like, that's horseshit. And, and nobody understands the business side of things. They just see, oh, the top number. And the top number that agents or, or teams leak to spew to make themselves look good. Oh, we offered him $70 million. $70 million with 18 or 20 guarantee. Go fuck yourself. Like, yeah. That's a shitty contract. Because as a running back who's going to get to rock a lot, that Earl Thomas injury is very possible, especially if you view yourself as once-in-a-generational uh, player like Lev Bell and his people do. That is a bad contract. I didn't know that, by the way. He's broke uh, news yeah. Yeah, I came out in that interview today. Yeah, it's a, it's a horrible contract. And at the end of the day, it's like all these guys want is just to feel rewarded and to feel some security to go out and lay their body on the line. Because, you know, this, and especially in Lev's case, he's he's in the prime of his career. These next couple years, it, like, that, that is where he needs to make his money. I mean, I'm obviously not, not the level of, uh, you know, celebrity status or player status that those guys are, but I, I dealt with that same situation this year where it was like, I wanted my contract going into my last year to kind of secure me through my through through me retiring, and I go out and I tear my knee. Luckily, I was I was lucky enough to have an organization that yeah. you know is that was classy, awesome enough, of them, is classy by the way. enough to extend me. Yeah, but you know, it, it, I was in the same situation. Like I tore my knee, and I'm like, shit, like my season's over. And then when like the real emotions hit, I'm like, fuck, my career might be over now because they didn't fucking reward me before the season. You know yep. what I mean? Yep, absolutely. And then they do, by the way, which was. One of the coolest things I've ever seen an NFL team do, because when NFL teams do like hard business, you know, like shrewd business moves, the crowd's reaction, the people's reaction is like, yeah, yeah, it's good business. It's good business. And a lot of people are saying this. I'm not the first person to say this, but anytime a player does something business-wise, they're like, asshole, right? And I never understood, and I think it's because the teams don't leave the cities while players do come and go. I think that's it. But whenever you're comparing yourself to an athlete, why don't you ever compare yourself to the owner? 
You know, why don't you ever compare your because the athlete probably is much more similar to you than the owner is. That owner's been a billionaire its whole life. And now granted the team is always there, so the the public perception is to take the side of the team because they're always been there. And the players are always just uh spoiled millionaires. But most of those players probably come to situ from situations very similar to you. And they're just trying to do their best decision there, and it's always kind of hated upon. And I think that narrative might be slowly changing though, as the the world changes and becomes a more woke place. I think that narrative might start to change a bit. But this Lev Bell situation in Pittsburgh, since the Steelers have done so bad, I think that is the only reason why the narrative is changing. But I thought he was going to get booed out of there even whenever he came back as a Steeler. He still might. <laughs> well, I mean, at the end of the day, to, to, to that fan and to those fans that are constantly taking the side of ownership, I tell that fan, I, I ask that fan to be a fly on the wall and show up to an NFL facility on September the 1st on that Friday after the last preseason game and oh, watch yeah. the cutthroat side of the business when guys are going out and running a conditioning test. 90 guys are going out and running – not a conditioning test, a little conditioning workout just so just so some little Grim Reaper-looking slapstick who's never played the game in his life with a fucking pair of glasses can <laughs> – can, can walk out there and just start tapping guys on the shoulder. Hey, uh, coach needs to see you. Grab your playbook. Hey, coach needs – the only fucking business in the world that hires 90 to fire 50, basically. So, um, to those people, think about that for a sec. How many times have you been cut? I've been cut six. I've been involved in, like, 13 transactions, though. The cut six? Whether it be – When you get cut, five, I – I've never – Hold on. I've never been cut. I've been fined. I've got into verbal disputes with the uh, boss. I've done a lot of that. I've never been cut. Is that like a breakup? Like, uh, like how is it handled normally? And is it like, hey, um, it's not you, it's me. Is that kind of the way it goes? Like, how does it go? Is it business? Because we watch it on Hard Knocks, but they don't show. They only show a couple of them. They don't show all of them. What? Because you're a good player. You've been in a lot of places, so I'm sure there's some relationship stuff. What is the cutting situation like? Is it like a breakup? Um. Yeah. I mean, I guess you can kind of look at it that way. It's. I've been fortunate enough where I played really. I I, I played for good organizations, so. The good thing about a good organization is they do things the right way. They handle things the right way, which then allow you to handle things the right way. I feel like if I got, like, disrespected and, like, the way I was cut, if I, I just got a call from, like, a third-level scout and didn't get to talk to somebody, like, I feel yeah. like I'd probably fly off the handlebars. As you know, I have a pretty solid temper. Solid temper. Solid. <laughs> just solid temper. And, and I, don't, <laughs> I don't think I'd be able to handle it if it was done in, like, a shitty situation. But. I've been fortunate where I've been in situations where at least when they do it, they, you know, you, you talk to the GM, you talk to the head coach, you talk to your position coach, and they all say the right things at the end of the day. And, um, you know, I think fortunately for me, I've been able to handle myself in that situation and grow as a person there, which has allowed me other opportunities because I've been cut by teams and then, you know, brought into other teams and had same coaches who I've been cut from before. So basically – Oh, yeah, um, because you, you don't know when you're going to see somebody down the road. Mm -hmm. you, you never know. And, like, That's like I talked to Phil issue. Dawson a couple times, and it's like, you know, basically when he played for San Fran, he said, like, if he would have, like, been an asshole in some way, shape, or form when he left Cleveland at some point, then, you know, years later when he's in San Francisco and three of his coaches off that Cleveland team are now coaching in San Fran, it's like, now now you're in an awkward situation. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Yep. 
I could see that. I believe heavily in the burn the bridge behind you so you have nowhere to retreat mindset, (laughs) but I can understand how that's probably not a good idea. (laughs) If I I would have done that along the way, there's no chance I'd have a career. That's that's because you're a gentleman, AQ. How's fatherhood? Father's great. Baby's getting getting big. She's getting old. She's getting a nice little personality. She looks more like me. So <laughs> nightmare, me. nightmare. You know, it definitely, it definitely, it definitely means it came from me. That's all. It's <laughs> <laughs> all right, AQ. I appreciate you, brother. Hey, always a pleasure, guys. Did you, you see um, the Browns Raiders game where Walt fucking moved the spot on that uh, that f- uh, third down? Did you hear about this? I, I saw it. Yeah. And then, you, you know, that I watched me, uh, a couple of the equipment guys, we were watching your commentary about the McCrane guy. <laughs> McCrane, McCrane was on our team in the preseason. <laughs> How was he? Did you, hear, did you hear this? Did you hear this story? Mm. No. So Matt McCrane comes in as an as a undrafted free agent. Oh, and he comes in, and we got Phil Dawson, who's. Forty-two-year-old kicker, kind of a kind of a legend in the kicking game in this league, right? Yep, not kind of, definitely. Yep, definitely. And uh, for the brand, buy the shirt. He, they ask him a question in OTAs, and uh, Matt McCrane's like, "Well, I just you know, I feel like this is my best opportunity because you know Phil's getting old, and I just don't know if he's got it anymore." Oh, oh I didn't know that. <laughs> so the next three he says, months, he says, "I don't think Phil he's Dawson. got." Hold on, he says, "I don't think he's got it anymore about Phil Dawson." Oh, yeah. The oh. next three months between Phil Dawson and Matt McCrane was maybe the most iconic <laughs> moments I've ever seen in my NFL career. See, because on the broadcast, they were saying that he learned, from, yeah, he Phil learned Dawson. from Phil Dawson. Of course, that's what they said. Oh, my okay. God. So I'm happy I took a shot at the guy then. I'm very happy I did that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good move. So Good that, move. hey, that got a nice little pop in the equipment room over there in Arizona. Oh yeah, man. I mean, everybody, everybody loves. I mean, everybody loves watching your your Sunday commentaries. Every single person. I appreciate that. <laughs> that means a lot to me. I've always said my biggest thing is I want people in the locker room that involves equipment managers and athletic trainers as well to enjoy me. If anybody, I I often search for retired players that I'm either going to go interview with or talk to, and I just search on Twitter. Anybody ever call them a real one? That's all I look for because for me that meant the world to me. So I appreciate you guys watching my shit over there, Alan Quay. I mean, those are always those are always my best friends, and I mean, I mean, for the most part. I mean, like 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 you you've been in NFL locker rooms. Players come and go, like you said. And yep. To be honest, I don't really like a lot of people, so <laughs> I end up I end up I end up finding myself becoming more closer friends with uh, the equipment guys and the training room guys. You know, just because. Uh, people just, uh, they don't see the same way I see things a lot of times. Then I'm just like, fuck them, they're dead. I'm just going to go make fun of them in the, twi- in the train. <laughs> <laughs> Alan, you're an absolute idiot. Tell everybody I said hello. Good luck with the rehab. Hey, can we say one more thing? Yeah. Don't, like, taking it, circling it back to Penn State. I don't know if you guys saw this video. If you haven't, go take a look at it. Did you see the State College Police sent helicopters over top of the tailgates? No. And it got too close to the ground? It got it got too close to the ground that the they were grill like thirty feet in the, the air. Tents went flying. Oh, it was insane. That's awesome. You saw this, right? Yeah, I saw it. it, it we actually just posted it on the Instagram. It's nuts. Harvard there Radio are 
Yeah, there, there's a helicopter flying literally 30 feet above the air above the tailgate because they didn't know how to break it up any other way. But like that's definitely illegal, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cornhole boards yeah, are I flying. Mean- <laughs> I'm watching the video right now. Cornhole boards are flying. They they caused the tornado. They're causing a yeah, tornado. Tornado. It's a man-made tornado from the state police. Oh my god. Yeah. It's yeah. funny because at the Indy 500, Jesus. they tell you you can't walk in like you know like a, a mile radius of the helicopter that leaves. Oh yeah, we got stopped <laughs> like a mile, and they're like, "Well, well hey, think about the who is it? A chief, sergeant, something like that." Uh-huh. Like these fucking got to be fired, right? I mean, him and the offensive coordinator got to be fired. <laughs> <laughs> like they don't have enough problems. <laughs> you know, people don't hate us enough. How about we just get real low and ruin everybody's tailgate? <laughs> Uh, Alan, why don't you send some uh, football IQ back to Penn State and keep it moving, brother? We appreciate you. Hey, always a pleasure. See you guys. See ya. Oh, what a guy there. Alan. He's the best. He is the best, man. I love him. He's the absolute best. That's 10 years, though, in the NFL. And not being a superstar, that's 10 years of, like, mm-hmm. grinding grinding it out. Every single cut day, just sweating. Like, could this be the time I have to move my family to another city? He is hes the man. He's a hilarious humor. It's funny to think about the guy who walks up to AQ, like, you're, yeah, get out of here. He, <laughs> did you hear him describe it, by the way? That was definitely, that was a pretty accurate, he was describing one particular human in his career that came up to him that he thought, this fucking guy? Because that guy's going to have a job with the team that he's getting fired from and AQ's not just yeah. in, in AQ you know what I mean it's a wild scene yeah and I, it came out that well Lev said they offered him 17 million guaranteed and he said no because uh, Gurley and David well, Johnson both just got 30 million guaranteed well, and he's about to get 14 and a half guaranteed if he signs the franchise tax Correct. so why would you lock in for five years if it's only going to make you two and a half million mm-hmm. after taxes 1.3 million that makes no sense mm-hmm. that makes no sense at all and this was the, this is this is all about who you know by the way this is all about who you know the narrative from the Steelers was that we offered them this amount of money. They hit it. All of their media members, bang, bang, boom, put this out, put this out, spin the narrative. Now everybody hates Lev Bell. Yenzer, $70 million. I understand you got to eat, but come on, Lev. That, that guaranteed number was not new information, though. That was known back then. Was it? Yeah. That was, that's I been see. Out I didn't know that. I didn't yeah. know it either. It was, it was a very low guaranteed number. That's what pissed them off. The, the, well, I knew that. I knew the there concerning wasn't thing was but I didn't know the actual number. $17 million. Yeah. That's the concerning thing was why couldn't they come to an agreement where it was like, okay, maybe we lower the per year and save some of the cap, but increase the guaranteed money. See, he wanted 17 per year, yes. and they offered him 17 guaranteed for five years? Well, they heard 17. So, and to the best running back. <laughs> <laughs> Colbert's listening to him rap in his front yard. 17? 17. At, listen, this is your. Is this you rapping? Is this you rapping? Huh, Dika Ansari or whatever his goddamn agent's name is, friend of the show? This is, this is what he said. To the best running back in the league. How do you do that? That's hysterical. <laughs> Diggs, I'm loving that you're all the way back in. Uh, Diggs, here's something for you. What's up, buddy? Have you ever looked at a photo of yourself from five years ago and thought, damn, I looked young back then? No, every day. What ha- Throwback Thursday's a <laughs> day, huh? What happened to that guy? Where did all these wrinkles come from? So much. When did I start looking like my dad? Yuck, Bailey. <laughs> <laughs> Some things get better with age. Wine, for example, or a nice single malt scotch. Aaron Rodgers loves those, by Yum. the way. He's all the way back, that yeah, guy. He's talked about a lot. 
Unbelievable. Unfortunately, this is not the case when it comes to your skin and especially your face. Most guys don't do nearly enough for their skin despite all it does for them. Soap and water are just not enough to prevent aging, but there is something you can do in the fight against aging, and it's, star it's staring you in the face. Forhims.com, a one-stop shop for skincare, hair loss, and sexual wellness, all for men. Hims Anti-Aging Kit is a custom prescription cream tailored to your skin that can keep your skin looking youthfully smooth by reducing the appearance of wrinkles and fine lines. This secret's not a secret. It's oh, tretinoin. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's oh. tretinoin. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. The secret's not a secret. It's tretinoin, and its results are backed by science. Mm -hmm. Ever heard of it? Yep. Oh, yeah. Can renew and restore skin by increasing collagen, the protein that keeps your skin firm. It takes seconds to apply, and it's the same treatment celebrities use to help keep their faces looking young. I always thought it was like blood. Good glow. Mm -hmm. I always thought they like siphoned children's yeah, blood. Have blood, there. boy. That's what I heard. Some Tread, do. Tread no one. But no, no, it's tread no one. Mm -hmm. yeah. huh. It's your skin. Do you want to be a face in the crowd, or do you want to be the face in the crowd? Oh, mm -hmm. Think about your face. Think about it. Think about yourself. Mm -hmm. Think about Try to know what to do. <laughs> Order now and save $20 off your first month of the Hims Anti-Aging Kit. Lock in those looks now and get your first month of anti-aging for $20 off. Go to 4 slash Pat SC. That's 4 slash Pat SC. 4 slash Pat SC. Oh, a little skincare. Oh, Dixie oh, with the super OTT thing earlier, too, <laughs> by the way. Hashtag Endgame. Hashtag Endgame. Send us a photo of your reaction when you heard everything that you could possibly win on top of watching the greatest comedic sports documentary of all time. Yep. Also use hashtag PMPBP. <laughs> hashtag PMPBP. Pat McAfee, pro baseball player. Nice. Hashtag Endgame, hashtag Endgame, hashtag PMPBP, and we'll add in another $500 Visa gift card oh, for your best okay. reaction. Maybe make it a video of yourself, by the way, something like that. And uh, you have until October 7th okay. to enter that onto the Twitter. Hashtag Endgame, hashtag Endgame, hashtag PMPBP. And have it be your reaction to the incredible raffle that you can enter by pre-ordering and ordering Pat McAfee, professional baseball player, October 7th, release date, October 10th on PatMcAfeeShow.com. From all of us to all of you, thank you so much for listening. You're the best. Ty Schmidt, hit the music. <laughs>